0: Power Project family, how's it going? This episode is brought to you by Vivo Barefoot Shoes. Now, we've been wearing Vivos for almost a year now, but the great thing about Vivos, unlike normal shoes, where you put your foot into these casts that aren't mobile, they have a small toe box, and they're they're very dense, is that you're putting your foot into a cast. You're weakening your feet. You don't feel the ground in normal shoes. The great thing about Vivos is they're extremely flexible. They have a wide toe box. They are made to help strengthen your feet. One thing I want to mention here is that when you grab some Vivos, you may tell yourself, these are uncomfortable or these hurt. That's because your feet are weak. And as you wear these shoes, they'll start to get stronger. They'll start to feel the ground. They're good for the health of your feet. Andrew?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So. Me personally, I, it took me about two weeks to really be able to be like, okay, I think I'm getting it. Now, I do not wear any other type of shoes. I only wear Vivo Barefoot shoes. You guys have to do this for your feet. Head over to VivoBarefoot.com and at checkout, enter promo code POWERPROJECT to save 20% off your entire order. Again, VivoBarefoot.com. Links to them down in the description as well as the podcast show notes.
2: But it's weird. They just feel good. Yeah, it does. My brother is... Um, not into exercise at all. Okay. Just, wow. Yeah, let's get and into it. He's a year and a half younger than me. Mm-hmm. And right, right it's like yep. good stuff's coming. Yeah, yeah. You right. keep <laughs> rambling. And so he's really <laughs> simple, right? And he, when he felt the soul steps for the first time, he's like, David, I
3: like these. Chris, because, because you start they feel a clock. clock. Oh, yeah. I, I get the honors? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the yeah. shot clock. Yeah, this yeah, is right. real.
0: Bing. That's the real stuff. All right. Doo-doo. How long is that clock? It goes for an hour. Four hours. <laughs> <laughs> Once it's done, we'll flip it because this will go on for about four hours. There you go. What time is our flight? Um, <laughs> Let's keep that in mind. Slightly important.
2: <laughs> how fast can you guys drive?
0: I think he said it's 8 p.m., so oh, the airport's really close to here. Yeah. yeah. Good. Let's go. We'll, uh, we'll test that out a little bit. <laughs> time nah, should be, we should be all
4: good. David, how did you come to some of these conclusions? Because you have some really interesting techniques and thank you so much for bringing Chris here because yeah. we needed somebody to kind of like funnel everything in because you're like a tornado coming through here <laughs> with a lot of your information. But uh, a lot of the stuff you shared with us today was uh, unique. A lot of it was stuff that we've been around, I think, for a little bit. Yeah. Right? Uh, you showed us a lot of stuff that we weren't expecting. And uh, I know you you created it and, and invented the BOSU ball, but how did you get into like I don't know. I guess researching and finding all this other stuff that you showed us today. Um, well, I'm going to go back
2: first. The Earth cooled, um, <laughs> then the dinosaurs. No, dinosaurs. I think what for you know for about me. That? Write that yeah. down. <laughs> okay, got it. <laughs> I think for mm. for me, um, I love efficiency and I love strength. And because I'm not gifted with a tremendous amount of strength, I had to find super
4: efficiency. I guess Um, it's how we define strength because I saw you demonstrate a lot of strength today in a lot of different
0: things. Yeah, (laughs) hand fighting. You killed me. Well, (laughs) I think – and
2: that's – I want to be able to compete with the best that I possibly can. Um, I fell asleep standing up when I was six years old and I don't remember it. But I'm told about it, but mm-hmm. I think my body. Have you body, heard
3: this before? Oh, no, no, never. I've never heard a David Wex story. I may, get, I may get this whole tale every single day when I yeah, go yeah, to yeah. The lab. I fell asleep standing up at six years old, changed your yeah. life forever. What yeah. Well, I think
2: what happened was I think that made a tremendous imprint on that feeling of effortless power where it's mm-hmm. like no effort, but I'm functioning, right? Mm-hmm. And I also fell in love with rollerblading when I lived in Manhattan. Because Manhattan Island is a roller rink Mm -hmm. and you can grab onto the back of a taxi cab and fly (laughs) uptown and the efficiency. So I think I've always been on the hunt for how can I get more for less, right? Invest heavily in the acquisition of skills and capacity to do more with less Mm -hmm. and I'm compensating for my own athletic inadequacy. So – If I played by the rules and did the training that was presented to me, well, then I'm going to lose to the better man. So it was uh, understanding principles and then the discovery of the modalities in particular, a staff and a rope were the things that gave me the ability to say, oh my gosh, I can organize my body to be 100 percent integrated and I have the ultimate training partner in the modality." And I'm not interested in the modality. I could care less about it. I'm agnostic. It's just like I want the special sauce and I want the the ability that I can program and download from the manipulation of these tools. Mm. And it was just the recognition and then the measurement. Can you run faster? Can you lift up something heavier? It has to be empirically provable and measurable. Otherwise, you could be kidding yourself is sort of the idea. And the hand fighting stuff is – that's what I really enjoy doing, right? I love playing and being competitive. So it gave me an outlet to see, okay, well, I'm getting faster. I'm getting stronger and I have more prowess. Like a bigger guy, like you ain't necessarily going to be able to push me around. Yes. It gives you yes. – yes. Oh, Mark, okay.
0: Mark Mark! Mark! Mark posted uh, you kicking my ass and hand fighting This is incredible.
4: <laughs> I was trying to show off your hamstrings is really what I was trying to do. You yeah, smoked. <laughs> it's so funny, mm. no, you know what i think um you, when you when you boil down a lot of sports, you know you boil down football, you boil down basketball, you boil them down to their finest points uh, there 's individual fights going on there's individual there 's individual war going on there 's like a little battle, right? People are battling for space, the center and the nose guard and football they 're battling for that space the The offensive line, the defensive line, the receiver and the cornerback, they're jockeying for position, whether it be soccer or any of these sports. Um, People are getting in close quarters with each other, doing what's supposed to be kind of within the rules. And uh, they're like boxing each other out or pushing on each other in some fashion. Uh, But you can go to, uh, you know, a sporting event and a with million, you know, there's each guy is making millions of dollars. These are professionals. But when the fight breaks out in the crowd, everyone's attention turns to these yeah. two amateurs. You right, know. Right. Fighting is a primal thing. It's been around for a long time. And I think it's awesome that you can demonstrate, uh, at least in a playful, fun way, because yeah. it's like you don't want to really you know, fucking throw down with somebody out of nowhere. But I think it actually speaks to what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you've been doing this stuff for a long time. You mentioned many... Uh, injuries and surgeries and stuff uh, so you're not some 25 year old guy coming in here saying hey i think i, f- I found out what's going to get everybody out of pain this is like valuable stuff and you're wrestling around with insema
0: <laughs> you know which on paper like seems crazy like who wants to wrestle this guy i weigh 60 pounds more than you and you're moving me around <laughs>
2: It's it's the it's the receptive and the yin energy, yeah. so that you're you're able to be sensitive and you're able to discern the this, the subtle distinctions in force, and then be just agnostic in terms of which way you want to go. I'm going to go the other way. Mm-hmm. It's like a crossover in basketball.
4: Like you're not trying to fight it. What I'm
2: trying to do is I'm trying to maintain control over my center in a manner that allows me to whatever's coming at me. I can yield to it, I can neutralize it, and then it's my turn to mm-hmm. issue it understand and it,
3: yeah, and to understand it and react to it better right yes yeah. and yeah.
2: and and feeling and there's 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 little songs or or uh, sort of things that you say in tai chi where it's it's basically um stick or, or join stick, follow, don't resist, don't insist, so join stick meaning okay once we're in i want to feel you because you can fake me out here Mm -hmm. you can flinch and i'm gonna no but here you can't fake me out Mm -hmm. right so i want to join stick follow and then i don't want to resist and i don't want to insist so whichever way you want to go all right you go that way and then i'll just change and i'll take the other you know whatever presents itself Mm -hmm. and it's that little game that we created Mm -hmm. basically that push hands is again no damage is the key because in the striking arts, for example, it's very hard to get good because you're going to take damage when it gets up you know, when you ratchet it up. But jujitsu, and this little game we play, you could play till you're both, you know, drench, drenched in sweat and exhausted, yeah. and nobody got hurt. No one's hurt. Mm-hmm. And that's where Chris, um, Chris's capacity to to understand and interpret my work to make himself physically better is is sort of. If I were as athletic as Chris or as athletic as you, like, you know, I would choose to be that. But since I'm not, if I can inform the athletes who are better than me, then that to me is the true proof that I've got something valuable. And it doesn't just work for me, but it works for other people.
0: If you guys are listening on audio or YouTube right now, you should pull up Chris's Instagram because you'll see a lot of the movements that he does there. And it's like – it's, you can see the athleticism behind everything, including with the weights that you're moving. There's always intent with every single movement that you're doing. And I also want to mention one thing, because as we continue this conversation, you're going to bring up a lot of things from like Eastern medicine or Eastern martial arts, et cetera. And when a lot of American individuals in exercise science, or they've studied here, they look down on a lot of that, but there's a lot of there, there's so much benefit there that most people here just discount and it leaves a lot of holes in what they're, what they're learning. Cause you showed us a lot of things today that I'm like, since I've done jujitsu, a lot of things I'm like, God damn, I can see why this makes so much sense. I can, mm-hmm. this clicks, right? But if I was just focusing on powerlifting and focusing on everything being sagittal and just everything forward, I'd just be like, why is this important? Mm-hmm. So just mm-hmm. if you're listening, do just. Just listen and l- l- just pay attention to what he's talking about because there's a lot of good shit we're going to get into.
2: Well, and I think it's also like Mark said, you know, if the fight breaks out, all eyes go to the fight, and it's you know, and I I like having prowess, so it's fun, you know. I can actually compete with you in a game where everybody would put bets on you, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And you know, and I've had a lot more experience at the game, and all things being equal, you'll eventually be able to beat me just because you're the better man. But unless you know the game, you won't beat me. Because, mm. because I'm not overpowering you, yeah, right? Yeah. Because at some point in your life cycle, at some point, you're going to crest in your physical prowess, and then it's a downhill road mm. <laughs> from there, and how gracefully can you navigate that decline and keep yourself, you know, spry
4: and moving real well. What I like about what we did today is, you know, I was kind of messing around with pushing the tank around, and you guys walked in, and then we just kind of like, we just started training.
3: Yeah, we did. Yeah. That was and awesome. Chris yeah, is like, right to
4: uh, he's like, this is not normally how we teach, you know, because you you guys wanted to come in and coach and inform, uh, but then you started showing us some like kind of uh, high level stuff that would be, you know, maybe a couple a couple days, couple days down the road. But I like that because, you know, we had uh, a guest on yesterday and he said, you know, you work on what you can work on, and you fix what you can fix. So yes, you know, do do the stuff you're capable of now. Uh, right now you squat and your proficiency at squatting's not great, but you love to squat. It's like, okay, keep squatting, but also do the stuff that you need to do to correct your feet or your hips or your knees, because it can get to be kind of ridiculous. We don't want to like, we don't want to discourage people from doing things. Sometimes somebody does have to take a step way back every once in a while. Right. But we don't want to discourage people from going to jujitsu or people uh, from deadlifting. We want to be able to say, Hey, you know what, the way that you've been doing that, uh maybe we gotta correct some things, we gotta fix some stuff, but eventually that person's gonna wanna lift again. Mm-hmm. And as a yes. I was a professional wrestler for several years and when I was doing that, we would talk about certain wrestlers and we'd say and we'd say we'd ask our coach, we'd say, Hey, what whatever happened to that guy? And our coach would say, Well, eventually the bell has to ring. It just meant the guy didn't have it. Like it mm-hmm. did you know, Nathan Jones, who was a um he was uh, in the movie Troy. He's the giant that gets killed by Brad Pitt. He was a professional wrestler, and he had the look. He had everything. He didn't have the skill set when the bell rang. Mm. And so, what I liked mm. about you guys is, is when it came to like battle, you know, which is just yeah, us yeah. training basically, you guys were up for it, and you guys were showing us stuff, and you guys are hopping around the gym and moving super explosively and fast. And I'm like, holy shit! Like, I want to move like that. So, yeah. you guys caught yeah. my attention with. Yeah not what you were saying i mean i I enjoy what you're saying and i'm i'm trying to follow along the best i can but i'm like this is probably some inroads to be able to move this way because these guys probably didn't used to move that way
3: i certainly did not so that's a huge well tell
4: tell tell your story about how we came to work together yeah i mean from
2: from his from his perspective
3: yeah i mean i'm i I was a big kettlebell guy that's been my thing my whole life and I was lifting a lot, and I really cared about overhead pressing. Like, that's the biggest thing in the kettlebell world is getting a heavy bell over your head. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was doing a lot of gymnastics, and I was fit. I'm under 30. I was feeling, like, strong, but, like, on the inside, wasn't feeling as awesome as I should be, like, for all the effort I was putting in. And I just happened to stumble upon this guy in San Diego and telling everybody they're going to move better and feel better if they experience this stuff. And I got to come down to the lab from a good friend of ours that – uh, oh. Invited me over to see you, which you know,
2: Chris. Yep. Chris Daly, um, he's a dear friend of ours who passed away this mm. year in a tragic accident. So,
3: yeah. God rest his soul. I know, yeah, and he's a big reason we met. And yeah. he put us in touch. And literally, I come into this place with the mad sinus, <laughs> the tornado. I actually got to go <laughs> into his lair, uh, and uh, <laughs> uh, he showed me something. He showed me the coil. We used that term a lot today. We were playing around with. I got to feel something in like the early stages of it. And experienced something, and it was so profound on me. I think we were, that was going around a lot today. Yeah. And that feeling in that lower uh, extremities of, or lap, um, I felt that, and literally, like went to the gym right after I let you. And I, I was, I was pressing, I was bent pressing 115 pounds over my head at that time which is pretty heavy mm-hmm. and literally just from feeling that went back to the gym and I put up the 68 kg which is 150 pound bent press
4: bent press is when you put it up over your head but then you lean like, like, way yeah, to the like side think like, oh, yeah Arthur when press you're it. pressing Jeez. yeah yeah so
3: and yeah, I was about 75 at that, that time so, so it's almost my same body. position right it kind of puts you in that same yeah
5: yeah absolutely you're, yeah
3: so yeah. I was it just literally gave me a little edge on something I didn't understand how to connect to and something I was proficient at so this was the I was chasing bent presses I was going after it I loved it I'm not going to stop doing it. But I just got a little bit of technical stuff and something else I wasn't exploring. Like, what if I tried this type thing? That's a big motto we use, right? And uh, I explored that, lift heavy, and then all eyes or all all my ears, everything just went right to that. This thing's supposed to make me run better. And I was excited. Like, I can get stronger. I can lift heavier and I get to run better and just move better and explore. Uh, And creativity is a big piece of what I like to do. So to be able to tap into a whole new way of moving, uh, and being able to just explore it in all avenues was huge. And you actually do run, like I think you mentioned earlier. Yeah, I like, used oh, to run a lot. Yeah. I used to do like I, th- I think I, at one point I qualified for some like world's tough mudder or something yeah. like that way back in the day. But I used to do a lot of trail running, so I do like running, and I was a pretty good sprinter. Yeah. I didn't do it collegiately or anything mm-hmm. like that, but um, cool, yeah. But I do enjoy.
2: Well, and I would, I would also say that. Um, <laughs> Anybody who was curious about my work, I feed them, right? You know, like I love to teach and I love to share because, again, and we're going to get into this, like the greater purpose of this whole meeting and collaboration Mm -hmm. and enhancing physical education all over Mm -hmm. the world. Yeah, And I think that this is an epicenter, a tipping point where we can share what's true and scrutinize everything, right? And empirical results is always the bellwether, right? But – I view this as like we want to encourage a, a, a unity within our fitness industry as opposed to all these factions fighting against each other all yeah. the time, right? And let's get to sort of a best idea wins mentality where it's a collaborative effort because ultimately when you boil it out down, we all have the same objective. which is to help people, right? Mm-hmm. But what Chris did was he – Took to like, okay, you know, whatever 40 pound PR that fast. And then he came in, and I'm just like, okay, well, you, I'm going to teach you the ropes. And the tenacity with which he got the reps in and programmed his body was like, holy shit, I'd never seen someone so rabidly hungry mm-hmm. for this work and progressing so fast in this work that it wasn't too long after that that we just sort of like, okay
3: this is it yeah yeah. yeah like yeah.
2: this this is like and 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 my intention with chris is that we work together for the rest of our lives yeah, yeah.
3: right and i never stumble i mean i've been in, i've been training since i was 18 i didn't go i didn't even want to go to school or I, I went to school to be like a i was a hospitality management i was gonna be a wedding planner yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. mean? like i was totally different thought process in my head and and like i always kind of danced around sort of these factions you're talking about in the industry because i kind of felt like um like, it was it was sticking me to something. I couldn't, like, express myself and explore mm. things if I was diving into the faction. And it just didn't feel right on me. And it always just drove me nuts. So I sort of learned myself from them. I picked things up myself. I learned that way anyways. But when I met you, man, just that mission, like, it was true. It's like we just – we want to combine all that. We want to get under everybody and we want to help all the factions grow and find carryover between each other. And yeah, that
2: and was that, really yeah. – and, and that's the other thing is that w- – what I have products that I invent, right? So instantly I'm suspect and I'm a guy with a gadget, right? You know, okay, yeah. he's trying to screw people with the you know, thing that makes you weaker and all that mm. nonsense. <laughs> But you're a sissy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, mean, I got it painted on my back. Oh, <laughs> David God.
4: and I—we've been messing around about him being a big sissy because he even created the Bosu ball. So oh, <laughs> he's like, I'm man. just cornered into this. <laughs> like I'm painted with this, like like, like that. Scarlet to letter balance on one foot, holding a five pound dumbbell. You know?
3: <laughs> I'll do it longer than you. Thrown in SEMA. But
0: you know, you think about the wild aspect of people continuing or people joking about the Bosu ball when that thing is an amazing tool for balance proprioception of the feet the ankles like it's an amazing tool if you use it well but yeah. if you don't use it well and you hop on some lady that's working 40 hours a week that never stands and you have her do a bosu ball squat when she doesn't even know how to do anything like that with like weight on her back with weight on her back okay right. there's our problem but it's an amazing tool right the, the pendulum swings right so it, and
2: so I'm a product inventor but when chris came on and we were boiling down okay what is wet method right for me, it's just a relentless pursuit of better, defined by balance and you know, master polarities and have all the space in between.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: But Chris has an integrity. And ice runs through his veins. Like I mean, all
4: he
0: cares it looks like ice <laughs> runs through his veins.
4: <laughs> 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 Just thinking about how he's going to kill all of them. <laughs> Come on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and
2: so, and what it was when we were we were farming these these triangles, right? So, okay, you know, we have locomotion, we have swinging, we have throwing and catching. Like that's a functional trinity that got us mm-hmm. started in the beginning. So, what we did was we made sure that the fundamentals. We're not based in product, right? So it's sticks, stones, ropes. Mm-hmm. And a stick and a stone don't have to be fashioned. You can find them in nature. So the innovation, which is how you utilize the stick and the stone, that creates the leverage. And once you get the cordage and the rope, that ties everything together. And now you got leverage. Mm-hmm. And those are the first three tools
4: that got us – started. Speaking of leverage, you, were, you showed me a video where you had some dumbbells in your hands and you did like a broad jump. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So
2: basically what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to simplify my work and normalize my work, right? Sure. So I figured dumbbells, everybody associates with a dumbbell, yep. right? And so if I can just get you to feel how that weight in your hands... Can be used to as like counterbalancing so that you can hit certain positions where it's actually easier because you have the weight in your hands. Mm. And the physics is a big thing, first principles physics. And the idea that you're going to, oh, yeah, look, <laughs> there I am, right? Trying to just teach simple, simple stuff. And this one, like it actually works if you can associate and feel it. And I think, you know, I'm trying to make it so that, okay,
4: get it now so you can feel it. And I think then... you were mentioning that people could like jump maybe further or yes, feel a good yes, swing. Yes. Maybe, so, you know, maybe not right. the highest level people, so, but your average person. Okay. Right, so so if, if
2: you're going to look from a, from a biomechanist standpoint, right? You're a biomechanist, right? Now, the idea that I'm going to add weight to the system in the distal extremities, no less, and then perform a task better, that's counterintuitive. And in the ancient Greek <clears throat> Olympics, they had an event called – it was the standing broad jump and they used halters, which were these weights made of stone. Okay. And because there's no time coefficient in that event, it's just a distance measurement. I have plenty of time to wind up with that extra weight in the distal, create this momentum and inertia that now I jump and now I pull my body an extra eight inches in distance mm. having held the weights so you're actually traveling gr- greater distance on an event with weights in your hands. It's counterintuitive. Wait a minute. you got to move more mass. It's in the distance. Have you guys trendy.
4: ever just tested this on your own? You ever just yeah. try it and you ju- you happen to jump further? Yeah. You, you can feel a distinct like – yeah, okay. propulsion. A, a, yeah?
2: Well, what it is is you have this and now I have a feedback to pull and displace my center of mass further in space. And with the propulsors – They're a shifting weight that literally going up a hill or upstairs, you will perform it faster and easier with the weight in your hands because the shifting weight eliminates the inertia. For people
0: who don't know what the propulsors are, like can you explain them? It's
2: it's like a little canister. It's like a little canister that has metal beads in it that –
4: that basically allows you to, to shift the weight. Maybe you can ask Owen to grab them or something, Andrew. Maybe you can Oh, the
1: – what are they called? I Sorry, can pulsters. actually go grab them real quick. Okay. Okay. I can pull here. it up. Go Sorry. I was looking for the broad drum, but I have it oh, right that's, here. Oh, yeah.
2: That's the halters. Yeah. Uh-oh. So that's, that's a propulsor right there. So it's, yeah, a, yeah. it's, a, it's a, a handheld weight that has a shifting load inside it that essentially allows you to activate the body's connective tissue yeah,
4: recoil mechanism. So you can see the weight shifting. There, there is so much more to movement that is like. <clears throat> there's still so much more to discover. Oh, you know, there's God, still so yes. much more to discover. I was just listening to Andy Galpin the other day, and he was talking about uh, proprioception and uh, like kinesthetic awareness. Mm-hmm. Yes, and he was talking about like a lifting belt, and this is something that was taught to me by Louis Simmons as well. Louie's like, a lifting belt's not for your lower back. He's like, it's for your stomach. Mm. He's like, it's for your abdomen to brace your stomach. And and to wear a lifting belt properly, you don't sense that thing down all the way. Mm. You leave it open a little bit. You should be able to get your fingers in there and then breathe into the belt. Fill and, it in. And fill it in. He's like, it's a more of a support system for your stomach. And what Dr. Andy Gelpin said, in uh, with a lot of research to back it up, is that your abdomen will actually get stronger from yes, wearing a belt where correct. people think that correct. it wouldn't get stronger. Yep. Yep. And so in the case of something like my product, the Slingshot, you can get stronger by actually wearing it because you are bringing awareness to these uh, muscles and things that you're using. Uh, you can make an argument for uh, an elbow sleeve or knee sleeve where people are like, hey, that's, that's cheating. It's allowing me to do more weight. Uh, maybe that's so, but it's also adding a lot to your training. And what you guys – what you created here with this uh, propulsion I think is is really an interesting thing because you have weight and it would sound like it would be something that would slow you down, but it's like 12 ounces per hand, right? Yep, 12 ounces per hand,
2: so it's the, you know, the size of your average soda or Budweiser mm-hmm. in terms of weight. And the, that shift is the key because when the weight shifts, we've effectively eliminated the inertia – Out of the momentum inertia physics equation. Mm -hmm. So if you have a mass and that mass is moving, it has a momentum and to slow it down is hard because it has an inertia based on that momentum. Mm. So you're putting on the brakes, but there's a lot of weight to slow down. So it takes a long time. This shifts. So when you stop – going down, the weight's at the top because you're faster than gravity on the way down Mm -hmm. and now you're stopping a piece of plastic that weighs next to nothing so there's no restriction on how fast you can stop it and the instant, we're talking fractional seconds here, the instant you stop it, it comes down and hits with a load. We're trying to calculate it. We believe that the load from 12 ounces for it's a like microsecond, it's, like it's, pl- it's, in, it's in excess of 40 pounds yeah, yeah. Mm. of spike load, and then it disappears as fast as it showed up. Mm-hmm. And so it's literally like, you know, the difference is if you, if, if we're the cameras, but if I take my finger and I do that versus I take my finger and I do that, right? Mm. Oh, there's the pulsar. Boom, <laughs> boom, boom, as opposed to, mm mm, mm. Mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so that's what it does. And if you, when I I did, like what
4: you're saying here because you gave me an analogy earlier about uh, if you were trying to lift a piano. Yes. And if a fly was to land on the piano, like you wouldn't it wouldn't register in your mind right but if even 40 or 50 pounds went on the piano, you would notice it. But if it only went on there for a split second, mm. you might not even recognize it as well. Like if, the t- if it's not on there for that long, it, you might not pick it up. And it might,
2: if it, if it didn't cause you to fail, it might actually cause you to bump mm-hmm. the piano up.
4: Because you felt the strength of because, it. Yeah, of so your body to
2: reacted mm-hmm. to that strength. <laughs>
4: I've heard this one. <laughs> when, <laughs> yes, when,
2: when, I, um, when I discovered that corpus, the, the skeletal alignment. Yeah, we got to get into right? that one too. Yeah. So, but when yeah. I discovered that, Right, And it was May 1, 2010, Shane Mosley fighting Mayweather. He hit Mayweather in the second round. I jumped up, went like that. And later that night, it went like that. And I was like, <laughs> and I felt it. I was like, oh, my God. And as soon as I felt this, mm-hmm. I was like, holy shit. Like when I run, I can strike down and I can create this jolt that pops me off by punching down. And as soon as I felt that, I saw it in my mind's eye, Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders, that's how he runs. Remember the football, right? It's the most
4: beautiful thing in the world watching Deion Sanders run. It's fucking amazing. It's poetry in motion and it's just
2: boom, boom, boom. And then you come to look at Randy Moss, you look at Daryl Green, you look at Eric Dickerson, you look at Lawrence Taylor. Even Usain Bolt has that action where the arm coming forward – is increasing the vertical spike of force, and Bolt does it with his elbow. Mm-hmm. Dion does it with his hand. Yeah. Randy has like a ringing action with his.
4: Oh, this
1: is so good. Yeah, so, time. so good. Whoop-am.
2: So boom, now what? Look, look, you see?
4: <laughs> <laughs> you see the football? Yeah. <laughs> you ain't catching him. Deion Sanders. Oh, man. He, boom, so he was so fun to watch. He's well, always he's dancing on the field. And prob-
2: probably the most explosive, game-changing, uh, big playmaker in the NFL. You see, you see the yep. football? You see the way he brings it down? He's creating a greater ground force. <laughs> that suit. <laughs> that suit was so good. Prime time. Oh. Ne- neon Deion. That was back when he was neon. Yep. And the punt
4: returns and kickoff returns and stuff. He was but, just... but you'll see. Th- yeah. Now watch. Oh, he just waited for that his, first His guy. arms,
2: watch his arms. Watch his elbows too, man. Is, Boom. God.
4: Boom. And the arm is kind of close to you in front of you, right? It's not far. It's not, it yeah. doesn't get far away from you really, right? You don't. Yeah. What you want is you want, you want an
2: acute flexion angle on this phase here. Mm-hmm. Because if I'm here, it's more distance and I'm not as strong here. I'm here. I'm real strong. It's my body weight. And so, if the arm comes up here, I can bring it down, hit the hammer. It pops back up, and then the key is to harness the forward action with an explosive move. See that right there. That
4: gives you the jolt, and you can see the way he does it. I notice some people running that way when I'm out running, and I see someone real poppy. Mm -hmm. they jump around like a kangaroo, and I'm always like, man, I gotta figure that out. What is? (laughs) I think they're just kind of doing it naturally because they feel good.
2: uh, yes your body's craving it yeah. and it, when you watch someone jog right even a mediocre athlete you're going to see their head go side to side a little bit right and it looks like they're hitting symbols mm-hmm. because i'm bouncing mm-hmm. i'm bouncing i'm not using the muscles i'm using the connective tissue you go to the doctor he hits you in the knee with the mm-hmm. kneecap and bing, <laughs> right that you didn't do that it was a bing and it took you no effort to move very, very explosively, very far, very fast, because you hit the connective tissue, and this is essentially the, the I knew since 2010 the pulse, right the double down pulse. I could do it, and I could teach it to someone who was highly, highly, highly motivated, and because I didn 't have a tool to do it, It took me seven years to come up with it. I went to the swap meet, which I do every weekend. It's like, you know, box of chocolates, you never know what you're going to get. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I found these I found these weights on a the table. They're little 2-pound weights and they were 50 cents. Mm-hmm. And there were four of them. So like, I will take all four and you will hold these two and I will return to pick them up. And I ran around the swap meet with the 2-pound weights and I was just boom, holy shit. Boom. My arms got so sore from all the inertia. So I came home and I'm like the RMT club. What's it got? It's got shifting weight. Mm -hmm. Let me take you know. I'm a slob, so you know there's 50 vitamin pills and bottles (laughs) like sitting in the kitchen all empty. And so I put some in, and I was like, I was like, holy shit! I was like, holy shit! This is my greatest invention ever. And I wrote a patent for it. And this, you know, something about patents. Yeah, I do. Right. Mm -hmm. So I've written, I don't know how many patents now, eight, nine, or whatever, Mm. and. This patent cost me four times more than any mm. other patent. I worked harder on this patent, and I got an issue on the patent for no rejection. And normally that's a mistake. It means you didn't ask for enough, mm. right? But because it's just – if if this was known before, we'd all be doing it. It's basically how I think it works. Yeah. And if I didn't invent the Bosu ball, I think it would have a greater uh, ease to onboard it because – If I walk into certain environments, I'm persona non grata because I invented the BOSU ball, right? (laughs) Oh, that little sissy, that little punk, whatever, right? And there's a huge proportion of the highly educated, you know, first earner trainers, the guy who pays to turn on the lights. It's like
4: you're sitting around with a team and the team's like, hey, what do you got next? Because you got to invent more stuff because we got to make more money. That's what people kind of think, right? Oh,
2: yeah, yeah. People – and. You see, what happens is we're all we all have the burden of of, of establishing our unique selling proposition in the industry. Right. Yes. And if I'm a science guy, well, then I use science to throw my weight around. Right. <laughs> and, you know, I try to show you something. Well, where's the science? What research do you have on it? It's like, really, dude, <laughs> really? <laughs> like, is that your excuse for not wanting to do it? And I think that there's a new standard, especially from Ben Patrick. You got to practice with proficiency what you teach moving forward. Yes, right. I don't care you. I don't care you went to some PowerPoint presentation. Now you're gonna come out and tell me that 19 soccer players did this for six weeks, and now we're gonna all do that? Really? No, no, no. I want to see. I want to learn what you actually can teach me, not tell me. Mm -hmm. Right? When he keeps saying dat.
4: That's uh, East Coast, just so. Oh, yeah, I didn't right. even
2: recognize yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't
4: even recognize I'm a Jersey, like I, I have Jersey in Dat, D-A-T means that. <laughs> <laughs> Helping everybody out.
2: <laughs> yes. Yeah, th- you can take the kid out of Jersey, but you ain't going to take the Jersey out the kid. <laughs> so anyway, getting back to the integrity of this man, we were able to put together, he, he, he took Weck Method and he filled it in. With a cohesive sort of, okay, we have a lexicon. It's super simple. We master one side, a coil. We mm-hmm. master the other side, a coil, right? We understand how to harness the power of bilateral torsion. So we're, we're less thinking flexion extension than global rotation and spiraling mm-hmm. that creates a torsional effect. And then we put it all together with rotational movement training where it's any and all combinations of those things. And if you establish this base – Literally everything gets better, Mm -hmm. and so we could take anybody, and we could say, "All right, well, do these things, and now measure what you do." Yeah, right. Measure what you do, because in order for me to squat the most, right, I need to learn how to pack everything in, right? Pack and pack it in, create that pressure. But if I only pack bilaterally. Well, I'm missing out on those millimeters that matter if I can go unilateral here like that Mm -hmm. and then get it on that. Oh, now I got just that little bit more. Yeah. And that little bit more makes all the difference.
0: Can you guys explain the concept of coiling? Because like uh, you talked about how beneficial that was for you on day one of understanding it. And when you taught that to me today and even Mark, like got into that position, I was like, fuck, like there's – I was cramping up because I've never been in those positions before. But one thing is, as people do the things that we'll have on video soon, they're going to have the same reaction. Like they'll cramp Mm -hmm. up. They'll be like, oh, this isn't a good place for me to be. But over time, when you get used to those positions, they are not as, they don't feel as trippy. They don't feel as crampy. So can you explain that concept to us so we can understand what coiling is and does?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So the idea in simple terms, Uh, it's this idea of like a proximal side bend. So if I cut my arms and my legs off, we're looking at the shoulder and the hip. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to close the gap, or I'll show here like right shoulder to right hip. And if I can maintain that, and maintain that proximal side bend, that's the coil. And right? it's not just a side bend like yeah. right, right, right. And then the the thing that makes it honed a little more and where you start getting that more advanced feeling yes. that most people probably won't actually feel if they're gonna watch something and just try it out for themselves, mm-hmm. they're not gonna find it, they don't have that hands on yet, is that we start having the external cues. What are we trying to direct all of this intent to? And that's where things start shifting. The eyes start going in certain positions and then I start to get a deeper feeling or sensation in that side bend, right? And- and, and what I would say for, for, the, geeky, for the geeky people out yeah. there like myself
2: who likes geeky stuff, you have a man named Grakovetsky mm-hmm. who basically defined a spinal engine. <sighs> so if we're going to look at the evolution of movement for the vertebrae animals, right, the the, vertebra, the vertebrates, right? Mm-hmm. So it starts Piscean. You're in fluid. You're a fish. And all you do is side bend. That's all you do. Mm -hmm. Now, as soon as you come out of that buoyant medium and you're an amphibian or a reptile, you got to prop yourself up. And the, the amphibian reptile has that lateralization. They're not sagittal like a mammal. So they're here. And now I'm still operating on this, but because I have to prop myself up, now there becomes this figure eight where the coil is the shoulder come down and back, commensurate with the hip coming up and forward with a central axis that doesn't change. Mm-hmm. So it's this Marshall principle of move without moving so that I'm most economical because in nature –
4: Economy means you pass on your genes, right? Non-economy means you don't. If you can envision like a pitcher or something like that, that's exactly what you're talking about, right? Correct, correct. They're raising one side, lowering the other side, driving in, internally rotating the hip and putting their entire body weight. And then that's all the way through to like a follow-through. Yes, exactly,
2: exactly. And we say that the the basic underlying functions that underlie everything is the locomotive function – the swinging function, the throwing and catching function, mm-hmm. because that's most necessary for survival if we're just going to go back to the
3: most basic things. I want to get into that. So, so we were, he's talking like spinal engine theory, this idea of going side to side. And a lot of what we're doing in the gym now, the training environment, there's so much center, so much bilateral in yes. our language, right, that we're not getting the frequency side to side anymore. And we're trying to rely on things like walking or running in order to get that frequency of cycling. And we're not exposing ourselves to the range that it actually has access to. So that idea, our foundation or coiling core, it's teaching us to create like isometric holds here to develop a position or posture and understand that that's a safe place to be Uh and develop an awareness of it. So that now when I go for my 30 minute jog, I'm tapping a little more range and I'm getting better and better reps every time. So that, that's the big thing we're doing is we're, we're creating frequency in a new range of motion. We're just exposing a range of motion. We're giving it external intent so that it's driven to something. And now we can get volume in it. And then it's just normalized. It's the and, same thing. And it's the fundamental of balance. <laughs> a balanced
2: system mm-hmm. is right now ready. And you don't have hot spots in a balanced system. Right, everything is operating in proportion as it should, as it must, to optimize. If you have the balance,
4: I mean, you're ready to go at all times, pretty much.
2: You're, Deion Sanders cheated on stretch, yep. right? Yeah, you know, it, it, yeah, yeah. he supposedly
4: showed up to the NFL combine, which I think was different back then. But supposedly he was in a track suit, and they're like, "You're up," and he's like, "Okay," and he just. Yeah, four Eight. one something. <laughs> yeah, like and it he it like
2: walked out the door.
3: That, yeah, that's the
4: <laughs> yeah, 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 that's yeah. the legend right there. Yeah.
3: Actually, this morning, like we just come in and we all sort of like just started going ham on yeah. everything. But you kind of there was a moment you mentioned something, and then I think we kind of got separated before we got there. But you were you were talking about like warming up or prep or I think something mm-hmm. like that. You asked a question on that, and, and I oh start- yeah, just
4: said uh, stiffness. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: stiff. We started talking about something like that, right? Mm-hmm. And
4: uh, I was kind of like a lot of people my age, like they they go to get up, and even even some family members and some people that are. Uh, even a little older than me, but they'll kind of get up and it takes them a second to kind of get out of that uh, kind of stuck position. They're kind of bent forward mm-hmm. and then, then they're okay. And then they can kind of move around. But even uh, Stan Efferding, who we had here a while back, he was kind of in awe of Dr. Sean Baker, who we had here. Oh yeah, And he was that. like, yeah. Sean, like, you don't because they're the same age, they're both like 53. He's like, Sean, you're not like, stiff after sitting down for a while or after because we trained and then we sat and we did a podcast type thing and it's like no man i feel great and so i you know i just started thinking about it more because i've had that stiffness before and i'm starting to get further and further away from it
3: mm-hmm. and see that that's what i was saying was when i first met him i kind of was doing all that stuff in the center i was working one torsion line i was doing a lot of gymnastics a lot of kettlebell a lot of lifting and it really amplifies one side of it and i wasn't practicing this side bending right? And it was, I was just starting to kind of get that little bit of stiffness and I'm not even 30 yet. So I'm going, what is, this ain't right. Something's (laughs) not right. Right. Um, but what happens now is that this position, understanding this, getting this feeling, it sort of gives you this ability to body scan really quickly. So like we do this all the time. This is something I know you do all the time. And it's like, I'm in a grocery store line and I'm just chilling and I'm standing here a little longer than I want to stand on a hard surface. And I can just do a quick, like, oh, like i'm here i could if something happened right now i could get up and go i know it's funny (laughs) i I could do airport karate yeah (laughs) Yeah. but i'm just saying like i can do a quick check-in and go like everything's all right and i'm capable right now i don't gotta warm up and stretch and do all this stuff that's not realistic in a real situation right and i'm capable you know what i mean if i'm gonna go for whatever i might prep for it a different way or if i do the body scan and it's telling me i'm not ready then i'm not ready you know what i mean and i think that giving people some ownership over their own bodies and like giving them tools to actually like feel something in themselves to like like say hey i'm good and not say you have to do this all the time we're, we're big fans of exactly what you're talking
4: about yeah. like you know we're in the fitness industry and it's like you shouldn't need 6 weeks to pop your shirt off yeah. you know you should be kind of, you should be okay with it now like don't tell me that you need to like go on some special <laughs> diet or whatever. Sure. And then same thing with exhibiting your strength that, you know, hey, man, give me a 12-week block and then I'll yeah. be able to squat that or I'll be able to lift that. Yeah. It's like, let's see, like, let's keep some capacities. Obviously, they, don't have, they're, they can change, obviously, and you can mm-hmm. have different goals and do powerlifting meets and stuff, but let's keep these capacities high. Let's mm-hmm. keep them going at all times. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Always ready, right?
3: And having tools within yourself, that's very individualized, I think, too, is having something that you do for yourself to kind of put that back and forth on you weigh it on. So
2: I just I, okay. I just love the idea that like I'm ready right now. Yeah. I really enjoy that. And then the importance of just walking with balance. Yeah. Okay. So and I think simplicity is of the essence, right? Because especially in this day and age where the attention spans are short, like who the hell is ever going to play the clarinet these days right <laughs> you know I, mean, I press a button and I'm playing the damn thing
3: <laughs> they have a huge following that plays the clarinet probably but the wow. simple the
2: simplest thing that you can do is you walk placing your head over your next step your head over your foot your head over your foot and it it incorporates a coiling action that is just natural. It's an underhand figure eight. It's, it's what you're going to do naturally. If you're exhausted and you're climbing up a mountain, up to the top, when you're really tired, you're, you're sort of forced into that body mechanics. When you're going uphill. Yeah, when you're going up a hill because you have to be there. Otherwise, you won't be too tired. You won't be able to take the next step. Yeah. And if you can walk with balance – you are relieving the burden of one tiny drop of, of water slash compensatory tension in your lower back mm. because if you're not in balance, the opposite side like a cantilever of the lower back has to light up just a tiny bit, right? You don't feel it now. You don't feel it tomorrow, but you stack them and you stack them and you stack them. Now you're getting a little bit stiffer and suddenly you know, you sweep the porch and your back goes out, right? Mm. And now you, and, and that leads to all other compensation. So now your foot hurts, and then and then you got a toothache, and you're like that came from, that came from the injury in your toe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got TMJ now, mm-hmm. right? And then you go to the TMJ doctor. He's like, all right, well, I'm going to take out the otolith in your ear, whatever the hell I'm going to do, right? Yeah. So systemically, the way in which we move, if we can move with the grace of a of a of a of a predatory animal, yeah. Mm. Who's going to eat tonight? Yep. I was telling Mark, you know, I was like, you know, he was pushing the sled. I'm like, who's going to eat tonight? Right? Because mm-hmm. if you boil it down to like, am I going to eat or not? Things get very, very focused very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. And the, the prey is that peripheral, like, okay, my heart's beating 300. I'm eating. But the, but the, the predator is the one that, like, oh, our eyes are here. <laughs> our eyes aren't here. Right? So we have to focus and focus on the task at hand. And that efficiency allows us to succeed and keep succeeding and keep succeeding. And we come from the winners. Mm -hmm. And it was the wielding of these very basic tools in the very beginning that informed us. And people say, like, oh, humans are so pathetic and so weak and, like, okay, blah, blah, blah. But I never seen an animal jump a motorcycle 50 feet in the air and do triple flips. I never seen, like, you know, an animal do. Cirque sort du of Soleil performance. So I think the human capacity is far more than we give ourselves credit for. And I think that with humanity, it is simply a matter of will. If the human will is determined to get it done, it gets done. Mm-hmm. And in the beginning, you have no idea how the hell you're going to do it, but you're going to do it. And so that – that like, if you give me somebody with the guts and the will to say, okay, I will succeed – I'm going to put my money on that person even more than talent.
0: You know, I want to go to the walking aspect real quick Mm -hmm. because it's great that we're talking about this. We had Squat University on yesterday and we were talking about shoes and how how like how they've kind of fucked people. And he was mentioning how, you know, when most people switch to barefoot shoes, like we're wearing vivos, you're wearing some interesting kicks. <laughs> <laughs> stylish. Very so. Yeah. But when people yeah. put their feet into these shoes, they're not used to them. Their feet may start to hurt because like I was walking with my girlfriend yesterday and we were just walking, but I was listening to her footsteps and they she was in some vivos and they were heavy. Mm. And then I was listening to my footsteps, I couldn't hear my footsteps. And then I was like, "How do you usually like, like, what are you doing right now when you're walking?" And she was stepping with her heel, but then all her weight went on her whole front foot, and then she would just she would keep making steps. But then if she if if she went heel fourth and fifth metatarsal big toe, things start starts to quiet down. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, she's like, "I don't usually walk like this, but but it feels better, right?" So that that's that's one thing that it's like people as like we need a weight shift. But it's even the way that your foot hits the ground over time because if you're used to wearing big padded shoes and you're used to hitting the ground, right. once you shift to this shit that we're wearing right now, you will hurt yeah. because you're used to all those forces coming up. So how do you teach people how to walk from the foot up?
3: You're standing what? on it. Well, right. He creates gadgets. We create tools, but they're not just – gadgets they're tools that have a purpose there's something that's supposed to help you Mm -hmm. without having to think about it we're talking about walking right now like it's something we all have a right to do it's something we all get a ton of frequency on whether we're fit or not or Mm -hmm. active or not you can put the pedometer on and you're going to see that you get like five thousand steps every day at least you know what i mean so you're putting in frequency on something and something like that that you can stand here all day you're learning to meet the ground a little better Mm. right
2: and also what i would say is that It's semantics, perhaps, but it's always load to explode. So when someone says it comes from the ground up, there is an antecedent effect where it goes down to the ground first. Okay. So, in that sense, and what I say is the upper body has to be correct in order for the feet to even have a chance. Mm -hmm. Because if the upper body's not right, I don't care what you do with your foot, it won't work. Mm -hmm. Right. And it doesn't come from the foot it comes from the gravitational action then
4: reaction so it is this boom boom it right? certainly comes higher up you know if you are trying to focus on having your feet straight uh, you're, you you kind of need to do that from the hip but there, i've noticed you know you mentioning say hey you know don't worry a ton about any of that just you know kind of rock the head back and forth and and see how that feels and then i was i looked down at my feet and they were straighter i was like oh Okay. It gets solved by just kind of moving your head back.
2: Right. If two, what I would say is that first of all, I would say that feet take a lot of time. Yeah. So if you've been trapped in your shoes for 30 years, well, don't expect to be running around barefoot tomorrow, right? Yeah. And I would also say that barefoot shoes, think of like a condom, Okay. You know okay. how thin a condom is and – you know, I don't like them. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, yeah, right yeah. <laughs> now, th- now think about a barefoot sole mm-hmm. and how that deadens the proprioception and the sensitivity of the foot. Mm-hmm. So, what I would say is that find a very safe environment and actually go barefoot mm-hmm. because now you're getting that instant to instant feedback where you will do it better. Then you will in a barefoot shoe. Absolutely. And so now you, you, you sort of strategically, phasically say, all right, I'm going to do it barefoot here. Now I'm going to put on the shoes and try to replicate that same feeling. I do things extreme. So when I went on my barefoot journey, I got a pair of five fingers and I went 100 days straight. No matter come hell or high water, I'm wearing these. And I was in New York City. And I remember just walking and walking and walking on that perpetual flat cement Mm -hmm. and just my feet were killing me Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. I hadn't figured out the exact sequence yet. And I remember the best relief that I had was on the corner with those yellow dots. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, oh, God, (laughs) because there was a little differentiation. The the world is the earth is round, but the, the ground is flat. Because the wheels of commerce must roll and we need them paved so we can get (laughs) slingshots from here to there.
0: Can you you tell us about the sequence though? Because like you talk a lot about the big toe. Can you tell us about the sequence of what the foot should be doing when you're walking? Because I think that's a foreign thing for a lot of people.
2: Okay. So basically with the foot, I want to first say this. So we're going to go back to sort of the embryology, right? So when the foot comes out of the body as a limb bud on the Wolfian Ridge for all these – there's a center line on the side that's called the Wolfian Ridge, and that's what emanates the feet and the hands. They sprout out to the – you don't have a leg. You got a foot. Okay. And so basically the foot comes out like this, and so it comes out, and then it rotates like that. So the bottom of your foot is really the front of your body. And the top of your foot is really the back of your body if you go back to origin, oh, okay? Okay. So now, if we start looking at structure, we have integrity of, of strength on the outer edge mm. of the hand and the outer edge of the foot Yeah. because we're tied into the substantial bones. in the foot, the fourth and fifth metatarsal, so the fourth and fifth toes, they tie directly into the calcaneus. And... The first, second, and third toe, they ride on top and, to re- and, and they tie into the talus on top. Mm-hmm. So we say it's like your first floor yeah. is the ground floor, which is the outside. That's the fourth and the fifth. And so what you're doing is you're receiving on the outside strong. So that's our go. And then we have a go to where we pass it off to the long. Yep. And if that sequence is correct, everything moves well. Right. If the sequence is interrupted where you go too soon to the inside, now you have what we will call like a collapse, mm-hmm. right? You know, oh well, mm-hmm. you know, your your inside of your foot's collapsing because the second floor wasn't buttressed and supported by the first floor. And so your general sequence is going to be that you initiate on the outside. Somewhere, you know, in the back if you're walking slowly and then more in the fourth and fifth metatarsal head, the ball of the foot if you're running fast, but it's outside and then to inside and it comes off the big toe. You
3: should grab a step if you don't mind. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> this is the perfect. If you were actually to step off your step, yeah. that's it. Uh-huh. That's it. Literally, it will take you through the same thing. You stepped yeah. on it and stepped off of it. It's going to run right. you through it. Yeah, this is a sole right.
4: step right here, and it, it puts you on the outside of your foot. <laughs> I see what you're
0: talking it's, uh, about. It's on an yeah. angle. Yeah. Pulls and you then to the
2: it, it cocks mm-hmm. the spring. Mm-hmm. It cocks the spring of the big toe, and it prevents collapse because you can't collapse because it's 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 the, the weight is going to the outside heel yeah. from the big toe, but then the inside heel is coming to the outside ball. So it's sort of this X of force that – Standing still is dynamic. It is happening, mm-hmm. gravity, right? So you're accelerating, but we're buttressed against the ground, so we're not accelerating. But if I drop, you know, it's happening right now. So it's, standing still is a dynamic activity from the nervous system, and you have that excitation of, ext- of extension. And you know, you'll see it, especially somebody's watching TV and they'll start to do that. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that's a reflex. That your body wants to have maintain that efficient vertical orientation, mm-hmm. right? And so basically with the foot, when you're on this, you're sort of cocking the spring and getting it so that when you get off, your foot now understands that motion from the outside to the inside. Picture like passing a basketball. If I'm, if I'm here and I'm passing a basketball, mm-hmm. I go here and I follow through, Yep. Mm-hmm. right? And the foot's very similar. And the big toe, it's fascinating when you get into the anatomy because the reason why the core fist works is because I'm keeping the last digit straight so I can triangulate the bone structure and the triangles are strong. But in the foot, it's different. This, the muscle that – the tendon attaches to that joint in the hand, this one, it rounds up and it crosses your elbow. Mm. So this – pip the proximal interphalangeal joints for the geeks right your second digit or whatever your second uh joint in the finger if you're not a geek we're able to do that and can create a continuity but in the foot the second joint in the foot only goes to the heel so it's a very short intrinsic foot muscle to there and it's the tips of the toes that run up into the shank, right? You know, up in the calf. Mm -hmm. And it's cross-lateralized, meaning that the big toe has a tendon that comes at the tip. It supports the inner ankle, and then it comes to the fibula on the outside. And then the four toes here, they come up, support the inner ankle, and they start on the tibia. So you have this, like, cross-hatching, and the tip of the toe is the important finishing touch. Yeah, Right? It's the tip of the toe. Mm-hmm. And then it's a modulation of the tensional balance. So you're 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 not applying too much force too early with the toe. You've created the angles where you can create an advantageous connective tissue. I call it almost like a clawing action, not pawing, but clawing. Because you gotta go back in, in just evolutionary theory, whether you believe it or not, just let's tell the story and, and play it out. If we come from those that sort of you know lived in trees, right? Primates, yeah. you're interacting with a rounded surface, whether it's the trunk of a tree or a branch of a tree. And if you look at a foot, it looks a lot like it's supposed to articulate and do that. And if I were if I were God and I'm building it intelligently, mm-hmm. well, give me fucking wheels or a rocket ship or something. Yeah. Why do I have all these tiny little joints that are gonna cause all these problems? Mm-hmm. Right? And if you look at the actual mechanics of somebody running, like Eliud Kipchoge, the greatest marathoner of all time, never injured, all you know the best times. Yeah. If you look at his feet, and you're you know just got out of your little you know biomechanics kinesiology course, you're going to tell him that he should never run another step because he's collapsing in and blah 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 blah. So, yeah, El- I'm Eliud Kipchoge. To see what you're talking about here, right? So if you look at his feet, and if, if slow motion's easier to see it. But in in that group of people right there, if you if you go slow, you're going to see more than half of them are going to look like, the, you know, the biomechanist is going to look at that and say, "Wait a minute, here they shouldn't do it. They're collapsing. But what they're doing is they're you see you see look yeah, at yeah. look at the shoes yeah see the guy yeah. behind him look at his left foot boom look at that it's it's quote unquote falling in mm-hmm. right yeah it is but. What we're doing is we are doing the best we can, which with the structure that came before us, right? Mm-hmm. If you look at the look, look, boom! You see his right foot. Yeah, yeah and see? his
4: his foot is uh, as he's as he's pushing his foot forward. His foot is pointing outward a bit.
2: Yes, mm-hmm. yes, his foot is pointing outward, and that gives him this acceleration angle off you know what, the though? inside. The
4: best people are just intuitive. He. How much thought has he put behind that? He probably probably give
2: a fuck. Probably very little. And <laughs> right? it's only through injury and pain that motivates yeah. you to yeah. seek solutions. Yeah, ma- yeah, maybe, But look uh, at his left foot. Look at his left foot. You see that right mm-hmm. there? Boom. Boom. Most people who are in the exercise game would be like, "Oh, look he at needs- that left hand."
3: By yeah. The way. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That pulse come like, out. See, see his double down pulse. Yeah. Boom, you see that? specifically Boom. That left. So he's we call Boom. it sided. He has an emphasis on like a certain that little. Gum, he's left mm-hmm. foot. He's the left foot runner. Usain Bolt is a right
2: foot power. Yeah. Tyson Gay is a left foot power. Most yeah. people have a left foot power because you're right handed and you jump up with your left foot.
4: Yeah. You got to also keep in mind like he's in very specific shoes. This is this is you yeah. Know, those are the Nikes. This is him hauling ass going full blast. You know what I mean? Like it, it's. I'm, you know, who knows how he normally trains, but that uh, one foot does look like how does he not have pain there from that thing getting so much torque? The heel keeps going in, but he is toe striking too, right? I mean, well, he's hitting that toe first, right? No, 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 look at it. You don't it think real, so?
2: No, because I've looked at it super slow. You see how ah, you see heel. that? It's that outside.
4: It, it's well, oh, he's like middle foot, maybe. I, I understand. I think, yeah, is it the outside
0: right of the foot?
2: There. Yeah, it's the outside.
3: <laughs> I want uh, that shoe. I want to feel what that shoe feels like because yeah, I don't think I could even I've understand tried what's it happening. I've tried it on. It's a
2: shoe. very propulsive shoe. It's a yeah. very fast shoe.
0: And you probably, as you hit, you don't feel those shocks up the system. No,
2: nah. Well, what also what's happening is he's yielding at the pro- at the precise time that by the time he's there in that position, his weight is off it. So he's mm-hmm. not collapsing. He's actually more forward in it and is creating an acceleration angle that facilitates that forward motion. There's also
4: okay. another possibility that he has looked at that and like maybe him and his coaches decided, Hey, it's not worth it. You know, I, I had a guy here that, um, we were working on his bench press and we were trying to get him to bench 900 pounds. Mm. And, uh, he benched very crooked. He had a hard time locking out, uh, his one side. He tore a tricep at one point. Mm. And, uh, I was like, Hey, let's, let's see if we can have you, uh, bench, you know, crooked and uh, on purpose, you know? So, we just took his hands and we we shifted him way off to the left where it looked like nice. it totally wouldn't work and it and it totally did work mm. but a, a mistake that i made was i was trying to correct his body on the bench too cuz i noticed i'm like he's really off center when i looked down at him when he was when i was about to hand the weights out to him he was always like you know halfway off the side of the bench he mm. never even realized it but I tr- we tried to make some corrections in training, and he actually got hurt a couple times, and he was like, I don't know. what's." I'm like, I, I think I fucked up as your coach. I- I'm trying to help you to straighten out, but I don't think we should even mess with it. So maybe in this guy's case, uh, maybe it's the same thing.
0: Power Project Family, how's it going? I want to talk to you guys about Within You Supplements, which is developed by Mark Bell. The cool thing about Within You is that it's not a crazy supplement line. It just has a crazy amount of unnecessary supplements. They stick to what is necessary, Whey protein, electrolytes, and the electrolytes are dope because they have amino acids and they have zinc. Then there's fasting gum. So we talk a lot about intermittent fasting on the podcast, and this fasting gum has apigenin, rudin, and caffeine, which can actually help you prolong a fast. It's really freaking cool. It was developed by Mark and Joel Green, who we've had on the podcast multiple times. So you guys got to check it out. Andrew, how can they get it?
1: Yes, that's over at markbellslingshot.com. And at checkout, enter promo code POWERPROJECT10 to save 10% off your entire order. Uh, Links to them down in the description, as well as the podcast show notes.
3: So can I say something real quick? Yeah, Because something with that shot that's really cool, too, is we keep talking about the feet. And this all started with us talking about walking. Yes. And and actually, it came back to something else you said earlier, I wanted to say, is that you were talking about, like, it's okay to keep doing the thing if you're going to keep, like, and, yeah, and yeah. just to work on stuff while you and don't stop what you love doing, right? right? And like you wouldn't have told your girlfriend to stop walking right then and there, would you? No. Oh, well, you're heavy footed right now. We're
4: not <laughs> walking <laughs> anymore. No. I picture, I picture seema laying yeah. down on the pavement, like listening yeah. to. Her.
3: Yeah, I know. No, I just told <laughs> her to is, just uh, pay yeah, attention to it. Yeah. Like, yeah. But yeah. you see what I'm saying? Is like she can work I on put something put that up. she doesn't have to think about just standing on that based on what we said about those soul steps. I right? like, something that can help bring that up, though. Like, babe, you need to work on your heel striking. Yeah, Careful there. Flapping around like an animal. Yeah. something that was really cool with that is we were talking about those pulses earlier and his hands might be telling his feet to hit that way right mm. then and there at that time right the hands right. integrate the feet boom and that's our big thing and that may be perfect for him at that time so i gotta just analyze say I, I, it, i'm but. a
4: fucking chump too so like i I'm, do would never try to criticize i don't
3: i don't know anything about running but he's got beautiful <laughs> pulse you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah so his right, hands are telling right. he's meeting the ground how he needs to meet the ground at that time like, yes
2: and he and historically this guy has bit has incredible longevity yeah. right so he's not he's not injured now he's killing everybody look, look yeah. yes and and look at look at if you go back to Ricky Henderson mm. Ricky Henderson had tremendous leg strength tremendous hamstring strength <laughs> Those hammies unbelievable mm-hmm. the rumor was that he could sit in the dugout put a quarter on his Thigh flex it and pop it up and catch it. <laughs> I, <laughs> I wouldn't mean, doubt it. You kidding me? Like, Bing and we can bring up
4: some Ricky Henderson. Oh, yeah. And when he's you, fucking jacked. Th-
2: it's out. hard. It's hard to find good footage because back then, yeah. the, you know, they they had video that wasn't as precise. Oh, stealing bases like yeah. a motherfucker. But stealing bases, mm-hmm. but you see, when Ricky Henderson runs, it's he almost heel strikes mm. because he has such strong hamstrings that he could pull himself. It's like a little ball and, of muscle. But, like but it don't. was, but it was the angle that he was able to get to that acceleration angle despite the fact that for all intents and purposes, his heel was hitting first.
4: And you he, mentioned to me, you said, uh, you know, jog like you just hit a home run. Yes. It, it, mm. For that's an, an athlete, Interesting way. Yeah.
2: One of the trainers who we like a lot, his name's Greg Coppins. And he basically taught a bunch of kids. He's like, you just hit a home run. Now run with the pulsers. Boom, boom, nice. boom. Because for an athlete, running is punishment, <laughs> right? Oh, you stop screwing around, put your glove, run around the field four times, right? Yeah. But a home run, running is a reward. Yeah. So if it's a reward that you're going to enjoy and savor, well, now you're more apt to do it with that greater you got joy. Get your
3: chest up too, and you're yeah. happy. Like, you know what I mean? Boom, it just boom. encourages, it gets that head up, those eyes yeah. that we were talking about, right? It just does that. Like
2: but but th- 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 there's, so there's, there's certain sort of uh, broad stroke realities where the tendency is going to be a certain way but there are not hard and fast rules mm. applicable to everyone mm. because some some people are just fundamentally different proportion different you know hip you know depends on your ancestry like I can't deep squat my hips are not made to deep squat so I'm not going to chase the deep squat because I'm working against my structure, the skeleton. Even before your hip, prop, yeah. Like, even before you, okay. I just like the Maasai warriors. Mm-hmm. You don't see them sitting down weaving a basket the way that you know the the, the little Asian guy will do and sit there for ten hours and he's resting. Mm-hmm. The Maasai will actually pull up a log and sit on it elevated. And what are they good at doing? Jumping. Yep. Right. And if I'm jumping. I don't want the long like uh, femur head coming you know, with, with so much room that I can squat to forever. I want less of an angle so I get more translation into the vertical force. Mm-hmm. So if you're from that ancestry, odds are you won't squat as well. Michael Jordan, LeBron James, they're not doing deep squats. They
0: couldn't get into position. And people roast LeBron for that all the time. <laughs> well, it's still on the internet. Well, I think post it's really that up important for some reason.
4: That people understand, Like, and this is something I, I thought about – Um, Over the last several years of like doing this podcast and trying to bring people together and Mm. trying to get certain people here and just trying to like, I don't know, like be somebody in the industry and like get to know different people. I kind of started to think like, you know, just, just don't chase people that don't want to be caught. But I also think that you shouldn't chase things that you can't catch anyway. Like, I don't want to say that you can't catch it and you can't do any better because you could certainly squat lower, but. You may have some restriction in squatting as deep as somebody else. And I think, that, yes. I think that's healthy. I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that's not really me. I, I, can, I can work on that. I can improve on that. And who knows where it will go because you don't want to put limitations on it. Right. But I also don't think it's a great idea to try to catch. It's mm-hmm. going to be very difficult to catch everything. Sure. So you got to be a little cautious on what you're trying to go after.
3: Yes, absolutely. Hey, you don't need and, to chase something you don't care about. Well, and a square <laughs> yeah, peg, exactly. Don't, don't wait. Yeah, don't waste the energy. Well, a square peg through Just the round hole. Too, to, if you don't right. actually care about it, why? why are we putting time yeah. into it? Well, right? I, yeah.
2: I remember. I remember when it was sort of you know several years back. You know that twenty twelve thirteen fourteen ish, like the deep squat. Like you're a substandard human being. You can't sit down in your deep <laughs> yeah. squat, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, better. I better do that. I better mm. do that, right? Well. Mm. If you're working up against buttress, against structure, bone structure, mm. it's going to take a long time and I'm probably doing damage if I'm improving my range of motion just because my skeleton doesn't like to do it, Yeah, right? And it makes you better at certain other things perhaps, mm. right? So there's, a, there's always the give and the take. And some people are so naturally gifted that they can do it all. Yeah, I'm going
3: to throw something. I'm gonna throw Ben a bone too, Ben Patrick because ever since you've kind of been like exploring ATG and all that. By the way, I love Ben I Patrick. Obsessed. Okay. I got right. a man
0: crush on Ben. But, but, great. but he doesn't shit talk people either. Yeah. He, he, he no, continues he to take things in from everybody. Yes. Well, and there's other people that will. Anyway,
3: yeah, you were but saying. Da- but Dave, he squats with a slant board now and he squats deep. So he's yeah, sitting right. here talking about he doesn't right. squat deep. But right. the other day I'm sitting at my desk in the lab and mm-hmm. I just hear. I've never squat this low. I've never squat like this, and I love right, it. So you right, know what I mean? Rules. like. Well, And, and it was well, a positive, that mentality well, behind it was positive, and, I and there's got, something good. Well, and yeah. I got
2: something to say too about okay. this because I remember I was at JFK Airport. It was late at night, and I was waiting for a taxi because there's no such thing as Uber back then. All <laughs> right, Actually, I think I was waiting for the subway because I was so cheap. Fr- <laughs> frugal. And... There was a cement, like, uh, sidewalk and then a cement slant. Mm-hmm. And I remember standing on that slant, and this is so many years ago, and I was standing on that slant and I was squatting down. I was like, holy shit, this feels really good. But then I was too much of a wussy <laughs> to, you're going to put something under your heel and you uh, squat, oh, you dude. sissy. That was absolutely
4: forbidden in the weight room. Mm-hmm.
2: Like, What? You're going to elevate your heels, you little pussy. Like, <laughs> yeah,
4: know, with the 10-pound plates and yeah, stuff?
2: Yeah, yeah. Like. I mean, that was literally, if you did that where I came up, you, get the hell out of here. Yeah. Get yeah. the hell out of here. No, no. You got to have them on the ground.
3: Mm-hmm. But th- this comes back to that idea of regression, creating an environment that feels safe and comfortable mm-hmm. That's for That's what Ben's genius to, yeah, is. Yeah, it's making it accessible to people and let's just change the mindset and all that. People right? will be
4: so uncomfortable trying certain things that they'll be very distracted. Yeah, yeah. You know, you guys were showing me some stretches and some movements and like I'm, I, I can sometimes just be like a little bit of a slow learner on certain things. You guys saw some of it. Uh, that was my history growing up as a student. And maybe I'm stuck, stuck there somehow in my own memory or mind or whatever. But it, it usually does take me a little bit to pick up certain things. Um, but, like if you go to show me a certain stretch, you're like, hey, come over here and try this on the ground. Immediately, I'm thinking like the ground even kind of hurts, you know, like of hurts my butt, kind of hurts my hip. So I'm still at a stage where I still have to kind of be almost like a cat, like when a cat is like about to like lay down where they, they keep circling, you know, I got to kind of circle and kind of feel things out a bit before I go and do the thing that I'm about to do. Sure, yeah. You
3: gotta get comfortable. Yep. Body skin. That's that body skin. Yeah, you yeah, know right. your body. That's your little skin. Like, God, hey, this is not right right now. And either you can put value in it and find a regression to right. go after it or wait on it. Right? Well, and, let's go
4: back to what you said about the squat too, yeah. is uh we have to reframe, you know, we have to reframe our brain because you were saying that like you uh you know have so much trouble with a squat. Mm. But you're thinking of the typical squat. You're thinking right. of the way that everybody else squats. Yep. yep. And you can do your own version of a squat. I can you do, can my do my own fine. version. It's I show absolutely. I showed in
2: SEMA the, 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 the sort of that float r- right. where I said, you know, the pinky line and how mm-hmm. I can just, I can literally just go like mm-hmm. that and I don't need my heels when I do it. Yeah. And nice. it's interesting too because everybody is riddled with some level of imbalance and your organ system is just, you know, asymmetrical in the first place, mm-hmm. right? So if I am elevating the heel and letting the heel hover in accord with whatever the tensegrity balance, tensional balance of the rest of the body, I by de facto almost zero out the, the uh, asymmetry because it makes an adjustment. But if the heel is pressed into the ground, well, now there is no leeway. So wherever the imbalance is becomes the hot spot. So – I'm a both-sides-utilized guy, so I don't want to say, oh, never do that one or never do this one. I would say seek to optimize the polarities the best you can, and that gives you the biggest expanse in the middle is what we want. Mm -hmm. And and, and let me also say one of the reasons why I love Ben Patrick so much is because Mm – He can practice with proficiency what he teaches. And vertical jump is like the most precious athletic thing that – like you come to me and you want to gain five inches of vertical, that's going to be quite a mountain to climb, Mm -hmm. right? Are you 13 and you're going to get it by the Mm -hmm. time you're 17? Well, that's going to be easy. But to be a grown man at 22 years old can't grab the rim, to slamming it down with an authority that is – I mean. I, it may be the greatest athletic transformation that I have ever been aware of is Ben Patrick himself, yeah. mm-hmm. and, and, and 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 so okay, I want to learn everything that you have to teach now because you're doing something so extraordinary, yep. mm-hmm. and he you know, like the Bosu ball that guy gets attacked by snipers all day long, <laughs> right? You know, constantly people crapping on him, and it's like I it doesn't even register in my brain. Like, how the hell could you
0: crap on? He could jump over you.
2: right i don't care what you're saying yeah by
0: definition i want to add something to what you're saying there because like i mean uh we had him on but before he came on the first time last year i was already doing some of this stuff because like i had surgery in one of my knees because of soccer and my knees were in pain i started doing a lot of that stuff my knees weren't in pain anymore and had deeper ranges of motion but in what you were talking about as far as people like for example, attacking his methodologies. Um, I've been getting a lot of comments and seeing a lot of comments from individuals from functional patterns. And they're saying, oh, these bros are going to get knee replacements in five years. And I just see those comments. I'm like, why are you guys trying to make people afraid of this? Because Mm. the only way someone's going to get a knee replacement is if they overdose this shit. If they load it heavy and they're doing it like in a dangerous fashion, they'll fuck themselves up. But that's why this dude makes regressions and that's yeah. why he doesn't talk about <laughs> overloading these things. Right. Like it's like y- y- pe- other groups are making people, as- people afraid of trying training methods. And that's what mm-hmm. kind of pisses me off. It's cause like, okay, cool. You believe so much in what you're doing and that's great because there are aspects of what you're doing. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. But then why must you then take your, me- take what you're doing and make people that are like, I just want to feel better. And I just want to move better. You make them afraid of trying things. What yeah, is that? Why do you do that? Well, shit?
2: that's a, that's, that's sort of clawing your way up to the top crabs in a bucket. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, what's my USP? This guy's, you know, he's blowing up. He's on Joe Rogan. I'm jealous. Like, I me, mean, come on. That's the, that's really what's underneath it. Mm-hmm. And you know, and I look at it like, you know, I, I go to prowess fight and flight. Right. And I've had personal experience with some of these other you know, we get lumped into the alt fit category. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. We're side by side by these names. We're like, I ain't side by side, I'm underneath you, motherfucker. (laughs) 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 You know, I'm lift you up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) You do my shit, I'll make your shit better. Exactly. And and I can relate to being attacked and having a chip on my shoulder with the bosu ball. Cause mm-hmm. I was I, it, I was just furious and I held my tongue for, for more than a decade because I knew it would just be putting fuel on a fire. yeah Right? Because they're just gonna shit on me. if I try to defend it, I'll just get shot on some more and just more awareness to getting shot on.
5: Mm-hmm. Right.
2: Mm-hmm. And so when I really started making these profound discoveries, I was like, okay, I'm gonna ram it down your throat because you know, function results rule. But that doesn't work either. Mm. Right? Because people We – our bodies, our brains are geared so that the intellect serves the limbic system. The limbic system is what matters, and you will rationalize anything to be okay emotionally, Mm. right? So you will have people with unreasonable, irreconcilable differences, right? Christian and a Muslim, they're going to different heavens. Oh, yeah. Okay? So (laughs) there's no convincing either one, Mm -hmm. right? So with the with the body, it's there's certain truths that this logo here, I I created this logo to represent this is gravity. That's the constant. It's when and where. So where is this? But it's also when is a rate of acceleration of that mass to the center of this planet. Right. And so this gives us the fundamental timing and the fundamental position. Everything stems from this. And then it's. Rotation. So it's up, down, all around. Mm -hmm. And if I'm good at moving up and down and I have the sides, well, then boom, I've got something that's underneath. And the people who conceptualize something where it's like, oh, I need to train rotation. I need to train rotation. And I have three planes and this is frontal coronal. Like your mind even does a hitch just to remember what the fuck to say. Mm abductor, adductor. Like I remember I used to have to have little mnemonic tricks. Add in. Okay, yeah, it's my adductor,
4: right? Stalactite,
2: stalagmite. (laughs) Oh,
3: crap. (laughs) (laughs) Got me there. I don't remember anymore. Which one's coming up which one's going down? Well, and I think it's
2: also (laughs) stalactite.
3: I know. I'm I'm way off.
2: Right? So what what I'm interested in is I'm interested in that like – Tear down the walls between your workout and your life, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So don't just segment off you know, an hour when you're going to move well. Let's move well all the time. Yes. And a little self-care, a la Kelly
4: Sturette, where let's you know, check the computer and sit on the floor. Give it a shot, right? Mm-hmm. Change your position if it's uncomfortable. Just- I saw a guy yesterday uh, come out of the bathroom at Phil's Coffee, and there's like a uh, washing your hands like station. Mm-hmm. It's not in the bathroom. It's like a shared thing. And I saw the guy, like, fixing his hair, and and then he kind of walked away. He was a heavier guy, and he didn't look very fit. So I was thinking to myself, I was like, man, imagine if he – like, he wanted to look better, you know? So he took a second, he looked in yeah. the mirror, he made himself look more presentable. And I was just thinking, man, like, imagine if he – I don't know if he has that care or not to his fitness. I got no idea, but it made me just <clears throat> – maybe just think, like, imagine if people – Uh, viewed their fitness a little bit like they do with their hygiene. You know, you recognize your deodorant is wore off. You recognize your breath is weird. You recognize, you know, whatever it is that you have to recognize. I mean, uh, if you have a hip that's bothering you or you have mobility stuff to work on or strength stuff to work on, why not view it like you're brushing your teeth? Mm Mm-hmm. Do and, it twice and, a day, a and, couple times a day.
2: And why not set up a situation where maybe you could, you know, have something in your car that, you know, you can just wedge into, you know, and get a little myofascial release while you're doing something else? Yeah. Right? Does it? Why, why is it restricted to like you know? And the worst work thing, your grip while you're driving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And and, and, and dude, this and,
3: comes back to every step stronger. Dude. Yeah, every so step stronger. Every step is a rep in what we do. Yeah. In our training, whatever passion you have, powerlifting, whatever it be kettlebells. I want to do gymnastics. I like dance. Whatever it is, it all comes back to the same foundation. Of each of those steps is a rep, and everybody's training every second, and we yeah. can accumulate repetition and maybe i don't have to put more time into the gym we kind of like block those things out like they have to be these things i think i heard you guys talking about like doses of uh yeah microdose microdose right you guys are joking around microdosing right and it's just like that's what walking is it's a microdose right and if every one of those reps is more proficient and then i can spend 15 minutes in the gym and work on mobility or whatever i think that is and i can steer it towards something i know i'm going to be doing every day anyways that Mm -hmm. walking we can get back on Getting yes. that 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 rhythm and feeling great, right? Well, what
4: and I, got over there, Andrew, because we we uh, are deep in a conversation yeah. over here, leaving you out in the cold. Yeah. Sorry about that. I'm
1: I'm trying to thank you for flipping the uh, the shot clock <laughs> in. I mean, Chris, Kristen, and Seema, if they started a podcast, it'd be the best sounding podcast. You both, your guys' voice is incredible. <laughs> oh, <thank laughs> there, right. it, there it is. is that's true. Let's do this. There you <laughs> go. <yeah. laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Deeper. <laughs> <laughs> Making
4: Andrew wet. Over yeah. there. I know. <laughs> well, it's like the uh, the Howard
1: the Howard Stern thing. You know, when he gets his voice real deep on the speaker. Yeah. No. I'm trying to pick up the pieces because, like, I, I missed everything. Out, uh, I missed out on everything this morning, mm. so I'm, I'm kind of bummed. But um, real quick, with like the soul steps and everything, that's what we have a promo code for, right? You have a all promo prior. code for everything, everything, like method. Okay, we'll, we'll let yeah. everyone know at the end of the episode what yeah. that code is. But just so everybody knows, the twenty percent off code of all the stuff that we're talking about uh, will be available soon. But yeah, no. For myself, I'm not sure how familiar you guys are with me, but like, I've been dealing with some low back issues for a while. I've been doing a lot of Gota stuff, so I'm working with Gary Scheffler, which I know you're familiar with. <laughs> uh, we won't we won't go like into that because I don't think it's very productive. But I would agree. Yeah, but um, so for myself, like I'm just focusing on like exclusively groundwork right now is what we call it's you know the stretching, some of the stuff I'm sure you're familiar with as well. Because mm-hmm. um, like when you were talking about like um the, like a uh, connect like that that bend, yeah, I can yeah. do it just fine on this side. This side, I have a shit ton of pain. So like mm-hmm. where is square one when it comes to the WEC method for, I know it's going to be person dependent. Sure. I have low back issues. Um, what's like kind of like like 101, like what's step one when it comes to trying to like, I guess it's going to be um, evaluate, but once you're evaluated, where does somebody go?
2: Well, what I would say about the lower back, like one side you have issue to yeah. get there, the, begin by doing this. Create as much length as you can on this. Uh, you know, so so it hurts when you bend to this direction. Correct. Focus on the length that you can create on the other side, mm-hmm. so that length is going to open up the possibilities of mm. everything on the restricted side. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it it it's two ways, right? So no, absolutely, that, and, that and already helped. Already helped, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so it, what we what we want to do to enhance our ability to rotate is we want to verticalize. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if I can verticalize, and this is in Sema, you know this just inherently from the jujitsu and those type of things, I can turn a corner if I verticalize. Mm-hmm. And we we stem from our original means of locomotion was the brachiation. Yeah. Where you're hanging. I was about right? to talk about that. Yeah. That's what I was about
3: to tell you. You mentioned right. groundwork. Right, right. So and, so yep. what
2: we have to understand is that if I can take this, you know, the, the gates that are the shoulders and I can create greater length, mm. now I've got much more play to work with to find what feels good on the other side. Mm-hmm. But if I just come here and I just try to bend down, yeah. I'm not getting the concomitant assist from where we actually even came from right? You're mm-hmm. way up here. And the whole trick to hanging is that there's no muscular shortening whatsoever. It's it's connective tissue continuity so that the orangutan is not sitting there flexing a muscle. <laughs>
5: yeah. He's
2: just hanging, hanging. from structure.
1: Yeah. So and, you,
2: that, and that gives him the ability to tap the proximal connected
1: to the distal. So even when you're closing down the shoulder to the hip, you're still not pulling? Because it feels like if, if you were to lock in your lats, it's going to be Pulling down on it, right? Or am I wrong? But you
3: have to have the other side up. The other side comes yeah. up. Okay. okay. You can think of hanging from a bar, single arm. Monkey bars. A great yeah, yeah, yeah. opportunity yeah. of it. That's locomoting in the air, right? That's mm-hmm. the simplest way we do it. We learn it as kids. We go across the monkey bars, of right? Of course. And that's what I would say a lot of these people that are like in these factions of like functional or alt fitness and stuff like that. A lot of it comes from like analysis of ground movement. Because we all do it and it's something mm-hmm. that like that's where the big bucks are too in sports and things like that yeah. so there's a lot of research and thought around that but yeah. like aerials are something that's h- like huge to take and analyze it and when comp- you say aerials what do you mean because- think like uh, so like me and my wife own pole dancing studio, so i'm i'm in the, i'm in that <laughs> world. my girl likes <laughs> so, to do pole dance i, mean. I, 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 mean, I love doing like aerial <laughs> silks i used to do that and there's a there's a lot to that and um, What's an aerial a, silk? So like right, aerial sl- It's it's literally like think circus They have these huge fabrics, and uh-huh. like you tie yourself up in them, and oh, you can like support it. yourself and do stuff like that. We have a pole <laughs> and a lira in my home.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> I own two pole
0: studios. I have more
3: poles than you. Yeah, 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 right. yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but but again, just this idea of like contr- like. Taking all the information I'm learning from the groundwork and can I apply it to an aerial athlete now? And if I'm like, oh, man, that doesn't work, then am I really rooting in something that maybe is actually fundamental? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or uh, I work with the swimmers and like, can I put this same information into a fluid where they're reacting to something around them at all times? They're not just thinking about that ground force. And their shoulders
4: are always moving that way. Yeah, you know what what I mean? Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. So so,
3: like – if you could think of that stuff, then you can always sort of, like, come up with the other side of it, and, like, you'll start recognizing that. Like, long creates short and short creates long, and, like, it's both sides all the time. the really interesting thing about some of this is when you train
4: your lats, if you do kind of pull down, even if you do a single arm, like, not just a pull down, like, obviously it works great on the pull down, but if you do, like, a single arm row, if you just twist to that side and pull down towards your hip, your lat just goes, (laughs) biomechanics, It's all fired up. I want to
3: throw one more thing at you, too, and it's, (laughs) we were talking about this was that external cueing it's like i'm watching you over there and you did a little side bend to try to feel it And you're like "Ah, it kind of feels weird but it's like you're internalizing your eyes are going in everything's about this thing not the thing you're supposed to be pulling that to to project it towards something we're creatures of motion we need to be putting force into things or moving mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that uh, the idea of having that external is really going to help you like make sure you're getting as much as you should be getting well, and having
2: know, a, so having a goal yeah the some, goal. some goal that now your body's going to start to organize better because it's for a purpose yeah. you know, as opposed to like oh, what am i supposed to feel like that type of a makes sense sort of, yeah and it's both sides i mean you do want the internal scrutiny of it but mm. if you give somebody a task now they can focus on that and this, And one of the cues that I give to Mark today is just don't think mm-hmm. and the body will naturally sink, yeah. mm-hmm. right? And Because <laughs> thought is too slow for real-time movement, mm-hmm. right? So if I'm thinking, I'm behind it, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I, I'm not in it. And so I need to take my mind off of it to actually do it. And if you want to have a chance at actually incorporating that which you're training – You have to have the subconscious competence to actually use it. Mm. So if what I'm being instructed to do requires conscious concentration on it, and then it doesn't relate to the pattern, which we don't need to get into, but I will never be able to execute it no matter how many reps I do because I have to think about it to do it. Mm -hmm. And then real time, that's way too slow. Mm. And it is the both sides that I think is very important in terms of understanding how you're going to optimize the balance of the system. Yeah. So if, if, if I forbid you from going to certain places that you're going to actually go to, mm-hmm. well now I'm not preparing you for that which is actually going to happen and you don't get the counterbalance effects of assisting the other side. And one of the things that we do is we do non-dominant side training. And what we do is we use a compare and contrast principle. So today we had you doing a race and chase with the right hand on top, right? Mm -hmm. That feels better for a righty than the left hand on top. The one on top is racing and the one on bottom is chasing. And the way we do it is we compare and contrast. So if you were going to do equal amount of reps, you're not doing 12 here and then 12 here. You're doing three or four here to feel. Why does that feel good? Now go over here. Okay, let me go back. Let me find it. What is the dominant side actually doing? And a lot of the times how you enhance the non-dominant proficiency is you teach the dominant side how to be the non-dominant side. Mm. Throwing is a great example. Righty is going to throw and just do it. And then when they go to do lefty, they don't know (laughs) to do that. So they go like that Mm. because the dominant doesn't – come on. You want to be non-dominant?
4: <laughs> I don't want to be non-dominant. It's like, what is that doing for your brain too? It's got to be, it's got to be going nuts. It's, you got to have a lot of growth during <laughs> yeah, that time. Well, you know yes, I mean?
2: and I think there's also like there's there's a uh, Alan Alda was was on this. He hosted this TV show called like Scientific Frontiers, and he went and he met with this uh, uh, golf performance coach named Deborah Cruz at Arizona State University, and I went out and met her because I was all into this brain balance, and what she did was she would take – A a cap with all these electrodes on it that measured your brain waves and then what she determined was that if you can get into some form of flow, alternating bilateral patterning, crossing midline, the motor and sensory cortices of the brain will sink naturally because you have to from a motor sensory standpoint Mm -hmm. and that resonance can now spread throughout the brain globally to create a harmonic state. And if you're doing things like measuring the proficiency of a golf putt or a free throw or throwing darts and you get yourself into that state, which can be achieved by organizing the movement or finding a balanced challenge that you can meet. It's not too easy. It's not too hard. And both of those phenomena will enhance the harmony of your global brain waves so that now you are in the zone and you will shoot 8 out of 10 as opposed to 6 out of 10 for mm-hmm. example and she has the data that correlates that okay when the brains in that harmonic state you are always performing better than when it's acordic and not in that in that
4: in that harmony it wouldn't surprise me one bit if that could assist with uh helping somebody be more quote unquote book smart oh yeah, i think so see i've gone to places that i think you know uh,
2: Living on the royalty, right? So,
4: <laughs>
2: you know, what day is it today? It don't matter. <laughs> and so, and, and I'm, you know, very intense. So I would do, I went through a phase where years of eye work. And I would take a hundred post-it notes, all, you know, marked with numbers. And I would just randomly assign them all over the bedroom, the ceilings, the walls, the fan. Even on the fan. Mm-hmm. And then I would lie down, close my eyes. And I would start a timer. I'd open up my eyes, and then I'd have to find the numbers. And to get it on the fan, you got to almost like you know, you got to strobe it to to, to find it. Mm-hmm. And I would calculate how fast I could do this. And I was very disciplined about it. And I coupled that with practicing speed reading. Mm-hmm. And I reached a level of proficiency where I had I open a book and I could go. <laughs> Holy fuck, I never read that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I fucking feel like Rain Man.
2: <laughs> no, but it was a feeling of like, you know, this this like Nietzsche and Superman, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I could never sort of get back to that level of proficiency. You know, Kim Peek, Rain Man, he'll tell you all these things, but he can't button his shirt. Mm. So if you want to go and direct it all to that activity, you get real good at it, but you can do nothing else. Mm. Right? So I could never Quite get to that, you know. I learned how to read fast, so I can assimilate information quickly, Mm. right? Learn how to learn, Mm -hmm. right? So that's that's the principle. But your eyes—they say that your eyes are actually your brain Mm. exposed
4: to atmosphere. Yeah, literally, they say it's outside portion of your brain. Yes, it's your
2: outside Mm -hmm. portion of your brain, and and you have a whole you know island or it's Australia back there, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and but sensory motor the left side controls the right and the right side controls the left and if i can harmonize the the spiral dynamic of that by definition i have the motor cortices running a you know a pattern that is resonance and it does make you more able to focus Intellectually as well, more smarter. This is this is cool because
3: <laughs> this is why I think the ropes. This is really our foundation and we what go. we're doing yeah. the ropes because we actually have didn't even talk to you guys about it much, but like early on, like you talked a little bit about my like rabid yes. like yes. wanting it. Right. It was like because I was getting some stimulation I had right. not been getting, it my body was craving. Like I just wanted to learn, and yeah. then and then I'm I want to be a teacher. Like I want to give information to people. So to figure out ways to get that information to people was really big for me but but seriously like that's the that's one of the foundations of us because you can put so much frequency and so many repetitions in mm-hmm. and not have to be perfect But you're going to get all that harmonization. You're going to build up a layer that is going to set you up for skill acquisition. It puts
2: you on the path to perfect by definition because the rope is true. The rope
3: doesn't lie. If the rope is true, so are
2: you, right? If it sounds right with the pulsers, it is
3: right with the pulsers. It it utilizes the non-dominant and the dominant at the same time. And there's patterns that switch that constantly. So you constantly are getting the stimulation. And you honestly feel smarter like – there were points that I was waking up and, like, I learned something, like, and I woke up in the middle of the night and I had to go out <laughs> in my garage gym and, like, do the thing because yeah. it just, like, came to me after a long day of, of filming ropes for something we were doing. You know what
2: I mean? I, I but, also want to bring up this, that like, and, Seema, you talked a little bit about sort of, you know, the Eastern and the mystery and sort of, like, oh, I that. I don't want to know from that. Mm-hmm. But there's, there's a lot of, um, I don't know, just mystery in things, and we have theories about why certain things work and perhaps why they don't. Just sort of lost my train of thought here for a moment. Let me think what I was going to say.
3: We're talking, um, we're talking about weapon.
2: No, it, no. You, you were. Uh,
3: I'll think of well, it
1: in the meantime. and Sema, what was it like with uh, the ropes? No, you the know, rope.
0: When I when I saw this uh on your Instagram, Chris, I was just like. Because of jiu and the, the movement that's in it, I'm like, there's something really flowy here that makes a lot of sense. Because when, like, in jiu-jitsu, when you start to understand the movements and mm-hmm. you start to flow, you don't think. And right. then you just start doing movements that you're just like, hmm, this feels right. Like, mm-hmm. everything just goes. And then I said, when I saw you on your Instagram doing those ropes, mm-hmm. number one, I could tell this guy's not thinking about shit what he's doing. He's just yeah. moving. He's just flowing. And it's, it's a physical activity that you're able to do that with. I've seen you also do that with kettlebells. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. why I've been starting to just fuck around with literally yeah, throwing kettlebells throwing, around yeah. and see what my body does right, with sure. it. And it feels fucking good. Yeah, so yes. this is like, this is a, a a simple, simple thing that anybody can purchase and add to their repertoire so mm-hmm. they can start to feel what that's like. And you can make your own. Yeah. yeah. You can make
5: your own, <laughs> own.
3: Yeah. yeah. We want people Go to, to Home Depot. it. It's so beneficial for you. Just Yeah. It's yeah. so
2: simple. I remember what I was going to say. Okay. So yeah, sure. basically, this coiling energy, right? So I'm going to preface this by saying I've lost my mind four times. Okay? <clears throat> I've gone to places right. where it's like I, I spun out. You know, you, you mentioned that you're, you're bipolar. You bipolar. You've you're been diagnosed. With, yeah. with an extreme, you know, rampant and and thc for me was the the thing that gave me sensitivity and energy the stuff that would knock somebody out was like you know i would yeah. get you know get that like and when i discovered the coil remember walking the circle for like four hours yeah <laughs> <laughs> seriously i ain't joking yeah. and so <laughs> what happens is so what happens is when i tapped into that coil and I would feel that spiral dynamic. It was the Kundalini, right? This, this yogic thing, right? Mm-hmm. The serpent within. And it would like rise up and you would feel this incredible sense of like, like prowess and like, Oh my God, like I'm tapping into it. And what, early on with DJ and several of these people, I don't know if you felt it, but when you tap into the coil, people start having weird dreams. I did. Like there was, did you have, Wait, I told you,
3: I don't even, honestly, I can't even remember having dreams from like 20 to like 28 when I met you. And then we started doing all this stuff and then lighting up back here. And I just started like having like wild fucking dreams in yeah, and it, I don't smoke or doing, I'm pretty clean cut on all that. Yeah, and like, yeah. I, dude, I'm just remembering my dreams and they're wild and like, it, it's, huh, it's, it's, super it's because, vivid. Because, because
2: again, like the DNA is a spiral, right? And we, we, we come from the winners, Right, the winners, and the only way to truly win is to cheat. You and and like if if I'm if I want to, you know, I could, I could set up and I could look like you know put a cloak on me and I look like I'm hobbling and crippled, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You know, Snow White. <laughs> look at the apple. Yeah, right. But I'm so sprung right now, and I'm just ready mm-hmm. because. Sprung and ready. <laughs> Sprung and ready. And, and, the, and, the, and the thing about like in the art of strategy or the art of war, the most sophisticated form of form of warfare is to – your opponent doesn't even know that they're in a fight. Yeah. Right? So it's that craftiness because once, once you present your hand, all right, well, now I know what I'm up against. Mm-hmm. Right. But if I'm not guarded because I don't even know that you have a hand, that's how we got to where we got to. I think, right? Because I one of, one yeah. of the things that I've used to understand what I understand is my imagination. So I go back to okay, when it was just sticks and stones. That's it, right? Well, what if I took my left hand and I had the weapon behind me, and you know I'm going to shake hands and make nice, nice with bigger man, right? Who's here to eat me and you know take my women and my things, right? And what if I'm able to boom, you'll fool you. I will be your servant. I'll do everything mm-hmm. for you. Okay, roll back. Right. Well, now I win. Mm-hmm. Now, I also – I'm going to go into a little bit of this know. language stuff. So I play this game with phonetics and the sounds of words. Right. So this idea of – I call it the ing, the ing leash because my most vital thing is my air and blood to my brain. Mm-hmm. Air and blood to the brain, that's the definition of you're alive. Okay. Now, if I make certain postures where I make the glottal stop of the ing – Oops! oh no can't really hurt it that way i discovered that i was laying in bed and my son before he could walk Uh was holding on to the banister of the bed and i'm asleep and he stepped on my throat and suddenly i went like that, and it didn't hurt. Yeah. So, oh, okay, ing, right? And if I want to weaponize myself, well, then uh, these are horns, and I'm going to be in here, and I'm not going to be able to choke out. And if I'm here and I put a smile in, I breathe even better through my nose. Mm-hmm. And so I sort of say, oh, okay, well, this is the ing leash. And who do we come from? The winners, right? There used to be like 20 or more different hominid species. And what if the Neanderthal was really the eat-and-hurt-all. Oh, really? Right? <laughs> yeah. And what if we're going to bed tonight? And we've heard stories about the boogeyman. Sometimes at night, they come and they eat us. <laughs> oh, shit. That's I'm going to prepare for that. Mm-hmm. You ain't going to eat me. Right? What am I going to do? Now, what if I can harness the wolf, turn him into my best friend? Now I have the dogs of war. Now that little fire that protected you from the wolves, well, we're going to send in the dogs, right? Because they're going to find you, ferret you out, and I'm weaker. But if I can communicate and I can have guile and and cunning and all those things, then maybe I can beat that monster. Do you know that the Neanderthal, their skulls were like twice Hmm. our size. Their eyes weren't in the middle. Their eyes were up here. And their eyes were twice as big. So they can see at night. This thing is like – he's like a Mike Tyson plus 100 pounds, Jeez. right? Thicker bones, mm-hmm. right? Shaquille O'Neal be up here. Neanderthal be here. And the Neanderthal just tear through him. Mm-hmm. So you have to use that cunning and that guile to get to, – to procreate the seed, Right? I mean, what does the lion do, right? The lion comes in and the young lion kicks the big, you know, the the old king out. First thing he does is he kills all the cubs. That's a different line. (laughs) You won't take mine now. Mm -hmm. He gets three, four years in the king's seat and then he gets chased out by another one, Mm -hmm. right? So it's, it's this procreation and just the playing the game of life. And we're so... Layered humanity is so complex, and there's so many layers. And in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Oh, really? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Mm-hmm. Math you mark, look, and join. Oh, oh. The new test. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> <Holy shit.
1: laughs>
0: and that's it. <laughs> oh, I could see the play on words there. Jesus. There's
1: <laughs> a- <laughs> yeah, he's right there. Yeah, he's right there. He's like, what are you guys talking about?
0: G so, is
4: us.
1: <laughs> so
0: there's
4: destructive criticism and there's constructive criticism, which you can build off of, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah in seeing some of the things that you've seen that are out there from goda from uh, the functional patterns like what are some of the things that you've seen that might you guys might have in common that you guys feel that there's maybe some synergy there that some folks are talking about and what are the things where where are some of the areas of contention where you disagree can i start with this
3: yeah please yeah so first off i want to say that We haven't actually studied with them, so I don't exactly know what they're saying. So I want to start there. Yeah, just put that out on the table. Okay, and you're not familiar with all their stuff. Yeah, Yeah. you know what I mean. I see what they put out, and I would say the commonalities is I think there's a a layer of commonality in regards to locomotion on the ground for sure, and thought process there, and like facial lines and things like that, hundred percent. And then the other thing I would say is you should absolutely go and learn from everybody. I would encourage that one hundred percent and this is that thing with factions like i'm not gonna beat any of them up like go learn stuff a bunch of coaches i taught like they went over there and they learned stuff from them as they should because if they're interested in something that we taught them and it's another route to learn from it why wouldn't we go learn it exactly (laughs) you know what i mean and then that all comes back to like empowering yourself and learning something and applying it yourself and seeing what works best for you as an individual and stuff like that so we can we can toot our own horn all day we want we say it's the best thing in the world but we got to learn thing we got to it's we got to be underneath everybody, and everybody's got to be in agreement with that, and everybody has to go explore things and feel that for themselves, if that's what the truth is. So well, that's where I would start with
2: all yeah. that. Well, and, so. and, and what I would add on to it is, you know, there are egos involved. I have a very big ego. I've been humbled in my life, so that you know the ego has been in check, but I still have a desire to be the best, mm. right? And, and I am not going to pretend that that's not real. I'm going to honor the fact that you know I need to be the best otherwise I'm not happy right mm-hmm. so I, Steve Cotter said like you, you you're not the best at anything in the world so you created your own little niche to be the best at <laughs> right and I I would say that that's probably accurate and I think you know the functional patterns and Naughty Aguilar. It, what I have in common with him is sort of a, a messianic complex, where like I'm here to save the world, and you know I'm the greatest thing ever, and you know what I mean. Like so, okay, you know, and there can only be one, <laughs> so it gets competitive, right? And what I would say, just in terms of what I know about what he does, what I would say is that my biggest critique would be too much transversy and not enough. 3d
4: right and and this is a funny story so 3d would be like 3d is the coil it, both it's side bending and correct uh, diagonal yeah. patterns i guess right say. it's the it's the figure eight okay. and the head over the foot because
2: like i know these people and i've had relationships that started out as good and then they went sour mm. right and that's just the fact and I remember one night I was like, I'm going to F with (laughs) Naudi," So I sent him a message. I took a picture of of him running on his treadmill, right? I did a freeze frame with the head in the middle on the left and on a freeze frame with the head in the middle on the right. Hey, how you doing? Just wanted to give you a little tip. You know, it's going to make everything you do better head over foot. (laughs) I hit send, and then three dots. (laughs) fuck you, get my lawyers. (laughs) He didn't want the pictures to go out. So in that sense, I preserve my standing as like I'm the guy who told you to do this and now you do this. Okay, who's your daddy? (laughs) (laughs) No, but I'm just being real. Yeah, I'm just being real because you're real, right? And then with the go-to guys, Gil came to me, studied with me, and we had a great relationship. But then it turned into – Yeah, you used to talk about Gary to yeah, me all
3: the
0: time. Yeah, yeah I, was I like liked them a to lot. Him. I yeah. liked
2: them a lot. But then it turned into like a money thing, right? I want to invest in – Dave, I'm here for the money. Like, you know, I, I want to invest in what you're doing, right? Well, we don't take investment. Okay, well, then I got an invention. You know, I want you to license it. What's the invention? It's a board. Oh, okay. Well, how, it's not an invention. <laughs> okay, that's the first thing, right? You tell people to use it. I just go stand on top of my roof if I want to do that. <laughs> I'm just, you know, putting in a little jabs. So I'm being real. So that went south when I think he had too much to drink one day and he sent me a text message across the line. And I don't think you get sloppy with that text if you ain't, you know, mm-hmm. nipping at the thing at 11 a.m. All right. that's And I'm just saying what I think. I don't know that, but I know what I got. And I know that you failed the foxhole test, my friend. And therefore, that's it. We will never, ever be
4: that because you don't betray my trust. You just don't do it. Regardless of that, what are they doing well and what are they doing that you're like, nah, I don't really think – because you, you mentioned in both cases you had good relationships with both. Yes. So when in terms of go to like what have you seen where you're like, oh, I think that's, that has some good utility or you know, what have you seen that where you're like, nah, I don't think that's the way it works. Well, what I would say is that in order
2: to truly understand movement, you have to use as many tools as possible. So that's cadaver right. science is useful. I'm not going to throw it out. I want to know that the tendon attaches here and not there. It's been instrumental in my understanding of movement is that I know the anatomy and I understand the kinesiology, right? So those are very important things. And they say to throw that out pretty much. Yeah, which is nuts. Which is nuts.
3: Why would you... (laughs) Don't remove tools. Use tools. Yeah, Use the
2: tool. Uh, Bruce Lee, absorb what is useful and discard the rest. It's a very simple formula, right? And so I would say that to not... Avail yourself of that knowledge and information is a mistake, and it will lead to perhaps uh, you know, less understanding and then less utility. Mm. And then what I would say is that personally, if I'm going to learn from you, you have to practice with proficiency what it is you teach. And neither Gil nor Gary can move worth a damn, okay? You got to flick your heel out. Otherwise, you're the worst of all time. Well, he doesn't flick his heel out. His heel goes in. Well, how's this coding going if you can't even do it yourself, right? So that's one. And then fundamental misunderstanding that it's not just how fast, how far, how long. It's can you even get there in the face of opposition. It's fight and flight. It's not just flight, all right? It's not just forward locomotion. Mm. The ability to turn is actually more valuable than the ability to just go straight, Mm. okay? And when you do a drill where I call it, you know, stamp the cigarette out stomp the cigarette out so if I lunge forward and then I pivot my back foot and I think that that's helping me pattern locomotion it's actually a fight application because when I pivot the back foot like that my center of mass winds in on itself it's going backwards going in the wrong direction and if you look at the gait mechanics when the ground hits, it's not a pivot point. It's a reception point and a departure point for the rest of the foot. So I'm not landing and doing that, and it's impossible to do, right? So you can do it till you're blue in the face, and it might have some benefits that now, hey, you're, you're, you're focused on not falling into the middle and you're focused on harnessing the outside edge using the green dot. That's the one I coined that phrase, green dot, right? And so <sighs> – you're the strongest gym in the West. You didn't come out here and say, I'm better than fucking Westside, right? Mm-hmm. They have a board with more points on it. Okay, and you, and you put points on it. I didn't like it, the fact that what Gil did was he turned on me and suddenly everything that I do is fundamentally wrong. I stole his invention, but he shits on soul steps. Well, how do I steal your invention when I got this complex slope that's patently distinct And you got a slant board. How did I steal? Right? And I take these accusations like – and the toxicity, like I acted like a real jerk on the internet for a couple years in just fighting back against the BOSU bashing. It drove me nuts and there's thousands of people out there who shit on it all the time. Oh, yeah. Okay? And these are the people – this is not the you know the personal trainer who you know she trains two people in the afternoon and goes to Lulu and has a Starbucks. No, these are people who turn on the lights. They get there early. They're the last to leave. They go to these conferences. They learn. They have their CSCS and everything science based. And the Bosu ball makes you weaker. They're fucking college professors in grad school. One of them, Dave Barth, told me this. Mm. I don't know if you know Dave Barth, but but he's you know big into strength. He went to. Uh, <sighs> Kutztown, or I forgot what it was, but it was some college, a graduate program, and the professor comes in, he says, when the Bosu inventor found out that his invention doesn't work, oh, yeah, he lost yeah, yeah. his mind. It's like, that's not why I lost my mind. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I lost my mind for other reasons. <laughs> it was not that. <laughs> and this is a guy who's teaching the next generation of, of the people who want the best information. Mm-hmm. And so to tell me that my Bosu ball's a piece of crap, it just... It got me so angry. Yeah, it got me so angry. And I realize now, and and thank God that that he was tolerant because he mm-hmm. he hates when I went to this place. Right? I mean, he didn't like it. I
3: absolutely hated it more than yeah. anything on the planet. Right? right. I don't and, like negativity. Language right. is so key. Right,
2: right. So, so, And, yeah, and, and, yeah, yeah. and thank you for your patience because sure. now, now I'm not so much in that place. I mean mm-hmm. I'll still – I'll tell the truth and I'll throw some jabs when, when necessary. Yeah. But what I want this to be is I want it to be like, all right, I'm throwing my last punch. Boom. And then it's over. It's just over. Let's move forward. And I, I can forgive, and I, but I can't forget. And I'm going to move forward, and eventually this will just take care of itself. Mm. Meaning, let the cream rise to the top, and you know, you got your boat, and I got mine, and let's go.
4: Right? You think you would be here if it wasn't for Chris? Here? Just in general, in life. Oh, um, because it sounds like you hit some rough spots and you got the worst oh, and I went through oh, a lot God. of different things. Well, let's
2: put it this way. I have other people in my in my life who've been with me longer yeah, yeah. who have been mm-hmm. of that valuable invaluable assistance. So without them, I wouldn't be where I am. I say that Chris is new in my life, but mm-hmm. we have a we ha, we have a a special bond mm-hmm. that goes beyond words and there's an inherent trust and mutual respect. So what Chris has done is he has made Weck method scalable, and we 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 have the principles drilled down because he enjoys training much more than me. Mm. So I like to work easy, like I don't like to work hard. I mean, he'll tell you. Like we, <laughs>
4: you like martial arts a lot, but you you don't love. Uh, well, here's lifting. what I like. Here's what I like.
2: Here's what I like. If there's a two hundred and three mm. pound kettlebell. I'm going to lift that thing 17, 20 times, you know, swinging it until my grip fails, right? We got a Bulgarian bag challenge. Give it to me. I'm doing 300 freaking reps, right?
3: He's ready. You see that? Like, he see, doesn't train. He's ready. Or he trains, but it's to do things like it's, that. He's I just wanna, ready. Like, he wants to do something, we, so he does it. When we yeah. had that Bulgarian yeah.
2: bag challenge, yeah, did it. I just picked up the bag, and I'm like, all right, let's go. Time it. Yeah. I, got, I, I got the coil, right?
3: Mm-hmm. And kicked and, my ass in it, too, which is yeah, surprising because him. I'm really good with the Bulgarian bag. back. Yeah. I was like, what just happened? <laughs> he, he tried it like
2: four times in a row trying to get yeah. to my number, right? Yeah. But it's, it's the skill with which – and I worked so hard when I was in high school and college. Football was everything to me. And, I, I, you know, family go on vacation to Grand Canyon. I can't go. I can't miss two leg workouts. You kidding me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> I got to gain weight. <laughs> you know, football was everything to me. And so I know that commitment. I know that fire. Like, I watched Bigger, Stronger, Faster again, right? Then I watched the prescription thugs for the first time. Then I'm going to watch everything else that Chris has done. Because the Bell family, you're special. You have this, like, I love the fact that you're honest. You're just God's honest. And that to me is that's the rarefied like, okay, that's a foxhole guy, right? That's a guy who will stand there and say, you know what? I'm going to take this thing because I have a certain objective and that's what it's going to take. And okay, that's what it is. You're not bullshitting, right? And I view you as sort of a voice of reason and you don't have any dog in the fight. And you even said to me, like if somebody calls somebody else an asshole, that does not color his view as to what good can I learn from that individual. Because mm, you yeah, yeah. were a West Side Marbell. <laughs> How many assholes got together? <laughs> right? <laughs> and they all sort of, you know, competitively, cooperatively competed to to ratchet each other up. That's good. So you. that and and I view this as like this is the beginning of a relationship. And again, Physical education is fundamental education, and the better we can physically educate the populace, the stronger we can all be and the more honest we can be that if the king ain't wearing clothes, perhaps you'll have the strength to stand up and say, I don't see the clothes. Because right now it seems like the world is, oh, he's wearing clothes. Okay, yes, he's wearing clothes. <laughs> yes, oh, yeah, put my mask on. I'm wearing clothes. You know, It's like, come on now. This world is going to hell in a handbasket if we're not careful. Right? Mm-hmm. And there's just so much corruption and so much nonsense and so much bullshit that it's like exercise or physical function is the one thing that cannot be denied. You cannot lie to me. How many push ups can you do? And I think that that is so important. And com- competition and cooperation, those mm-hmm. are the two things. When I played against you on a Tuesday practice and we're face-to-face and we're hitting, right? Mm-hmm. It is all-out war with mutual respect. I'm going to beat you or you're going to beat me. We're going to find out who is the better man so that on Saturday we're both better. But if we had held back on Tuesday, and like, oh, well, you know, oh, yeah, oh then you ain't going to be any good on Saturday, mm. right? And so it's, it's, the, it's, the, it's, a, it's a balance of cooperation and competition that gets the most out of your human being. Yeah. You don't want to play jujitsu against somebody that you can beat you know, with one hand tied behind your back. That's not no. fun. It's very boring. right? And you don't want to get in there with a monster who's going to, you know, you better tap. Otherwise, he's going to rip you apart. Right. You got to find that, that balance and then get up to the point where that monster is, is, is you know, you could play with the monster. Yeah. But you, you want to Jordan Peterson says you got to become a monster inside and then be cool. Because if you're not a monster inside, then you get walked over. And you don't got no choice. It's better to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it. Mm-hmm. Strength is never a weakness and weakness is never a strength. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> these, are, these are things that you can live your life by. If you just had a book of phrases like that and you just said them all the time, <laughs> life would be easier. And I, just, I get up every day, every step stronger, every step stronger. And I'm not disciplined in the sense that I would have been had I not had a royalty. My, my internet presence is all over the fucking place. Right? You see some stuff. It's just completely confusing. I don't optimize because I've just been gestating in this world where I haven't had to do it. And now I'm, I guess I'm finally seeing the sense in doing it. But still, I want the work to speak for itself. And I just want to pass it on so that people are more empowered because I want strong people.
4: That's what I want in this mm-hmm. world. Tell us about this fist thing that you blew our minds with earlier today. Oh, <laughs> okay. God, so yeah. so basically, yin and yang, right? I, th- I
2: prioritize the bones as number one because without the bones, I'm a blob and I got no leverage to do nothing, right? So the bones are a number one and then it's the fascia, which has the direct tie-in to the nervous system and the fascia, for lack of a better definition is just basically that which surrounds and separates everything so every little actin and myosin filament within the sarcomere is enveloped in a layer of fascia connective tissue and the innervation of the fascia is far more dense than the muscles themselves Mm. right Mm. so and it's connective and i believe that fascia has its own mechanical intelligence meaning if i touch something hot It's got to go to the spine and come back or it's got to go to the brain and come back. takes time, right, Mm -hmm. for that signal to register. Fascia, I think it's mechanical. I think it's innately intelligent. And if you hit it, it sets up, right? So it's there for you now. Mm -hmm. You don't even have to send a signal. Mm -hmm. It's independently intelligent. That's the way I think of it. And with the hands, I was in Chinese medical school. And what I did, when I go to learn something, I go and I do it on my terms. So I went to Chinese medical school. I had an amazing class with the founder of the school. And I was like, can I work at your clinic? I will do anything you ask me to do. I will not be paid. I just want to be in your presence. So that's what I did. And he was very laissez-faire. So I did a lot of stuff you know, before it would be sanctioned in terms of the only thing I didn't do was stick the needles in. Mm-hmm. In terms of that. But I want to learn and learn and learn. And then – the or the meridian system is actually this map that is in its. If you know the meridians and you can track the sort of direction of it, it makes perfect Western biomechanical sense, and it's complete gobbledygook until you can get to that understanding.
0: First, is there something that he can pull up for like an imagery of what you mean as far as the meridians?
2: Yeah, you could you could type in like you know uh, Chinese acupuncture meridians. You know, the, the 12 meridian system, and it'll give you like this map that you're just going to see a bunch of dots and a I bunch of lines all oh, over, right? That. Yeah, that. And it looks completely – when I showed up at Williams College in freshman year and I got the playbook on the defense, mm-hmm. I would fall asleep because I was just like, this is complete Greek. Sky, cloud, cover three, three cheated, five, two, one. Like What? I couldn't make any sense of it until sophomore year when I got thrust into starting job. I had to like study like it was a course Mm because football is a game of of the mind Mm -hmm. more so now than ever before. Yeah. Right. So the Meridians, when I first saw them, I I couldn't make any sense of it. But as I gestated in it and I was practicing the martial art, I was starting to say, oh, okay, I get it. It's yin and yang. And there's like, yeah, see that (laughs) you can't make sense out of that. You know what I mean? Mm. It starts with the lung, and it, it's 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 a very complex system. But there are apps on the phone that show you the meridian, and then shows you like a tracking. Yeah, so that, cool. yeah, yeah. so you can literally like if you're patient enough, you can like sort of, all right, the lung, OK, boom, it comes out my thumb. The large intestine comes back in. The stomach comes down. The spleen comes up. Heart, small intestine, bladder, kidney, mm-hmm. pericardium, triple warmer, gallbladder, liver, back to lung. And you you can follow that sequence and it gives you these like bilateral torsions and the different stuff if you're playing. Is that kind of like
4: Tai Chi or something like that or Very
2: much like Tai Chi. Tai Chi means supreme ultimate fist. And basically here – I had one guy – I've had a lot of teachers, a lot of teachers who give me invaluable little nuggets. And one of them was a friend of mine who said the three Chinese internal martial arts are Xin Yi, Bagua, and Tai Chi. And the way that you understand them is with relation to a circle. Shin Yi cuts the circle. Bagua circles the circle. Mm-hmm. Taiji is the center of the circle. And when people... When people, and all are the things come to Tai Chi.
3: Yeah. CCT, BTT, Yeah, yeah. It really is. Uh, and
0: this is the thing. Like, I'm listening to this and like, I'm, I'm trying to make sense of it in my mind. I'm being open to it, but... When people have heard, especially like Joe Rogan or individuals talk about these martial arts, like that's bullshit. Because when an individual that does this tries to fight somebody who's a boxer or an MMA yes, fighter, yes, they so, oh, they'll get. The-. Right. But this is different from just pure so, fighting.
2: Well, yes. Well, here's what it is. Okay, there's a lot of people pretending. Okay, and unless you can defeat the hard, you got no right going soft. Right? Soft we can overcome the hard because it's receptive. Did jujitsu's ultimately going to win if it's one on one and there's all the time in the world? Jujitsu yeah. wins, okay? Mm-hmm. Not so practical in a street fight. If you're going to be laying on the ground and buddy's going to be kicking you, right? <laughs> so, but everything has its strength and its weakness, mm-hmm. right? So, this stuff is Well, And I know I take it on a tangent, but if we're talking about the structure of the hand, I got to it from this spiraling movement, moving the distal extremity with the least amount of effort, fastest that I possibly can, right? And it's basically this, and it naturally winds up to this. Mm. And there's different meridians. Like, if you do it enough, like I did it, then you come here, and then Floyd Mayweather gets hit, and you go here, Mm -hmm. right? And what it does is it triangulates and creates a bone circuit, through a triangle. And if you think about in geometry the triangle is the strongest shape because each angle buttresses the other angles. And so when I can triangulate the bone structure, I can put massive force through the longitudinal axis of a bone. Think about what your femur has endured with a thousand pounds on your back, right? And now put yourself horizontal and put the weight on your femur that way. It's the longitudinal, the bone's going to hold up a house. It's so you put it that way, it's gonna snap easy, mm-hmm. right? And so when I when I make a ball up fist like this, that grab onto mommy, hold on to the tool. This is this is a necessary thing, but it it's for the purposes of holding something. It's not for the purposes of going to extreme tension here. Because here I don't have the balance between the flexors and the extensors because the flexors cave in upon themselves and they create a structure that does not have integrity each. Metacarpal is disintegrated from the others. That when I triangulate it like this, it sharpens it. It integrates it. I can't, I don't break these things. You could put you know you could put hundreds of pounds of force into that, and it's it's strong inherently. And then what it allows us to do is it allows us to be soft and fluid because the bone is already hard. Mm. And in terms of in terms of like the Tai Chi guy that gets his ass kicked by the second year MMA guy, yeah. That's what happens. But see, I'm not interested in that kind of Tai Chi. I'm interested in can I clear space? So I don't even think about like fighting. I think of Lawrence Taylor and Mike Tyson, not just Mike Tyson. So Lawrence Taylor is going to displace and replace your mass with my own. Whereas Mike Tyson's gonna sit there and hit you. Lawrence Taylor's gonna plow right through you.
5: Mm.
2: And so I like that idea that. I'm going to come and I'm just going to – I'm going to present something to you that's going to force you to react or get hit. And then from that reaction, I'm going to be invisible for the next transition by not letting you read what it is that we're in contact with. And then when we're playing that push hands game, that's Mm -hmm. why I'm good at it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because when you get me, I'm like, oh, he thinks he has me, right? So Mm -hmm. I'm just going to do that much of a yield. Oh, you're off the line and now I can – now I have an easy path. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you have to earn you have to earn the right to be able to use this Eastern stuff and not pretend, right? Yeah. To pretend Tai Chi is the forms, right? The forms. And then it's the push hands. That's the whole thing about it. And you have to be able to deal with hard. Otherwise, you're just pretending. Mm-hmm. And everybody knows that, right? Except for the people who get hypnotized and, you know, George Dillman gives them a no-touch knockout, right? And Joe Rogan laughs, as he should, because it's ridiculous, <laughs> right? Yeah. But, you know, if you want to set up the, the bag and the meter and you want to see who can put more force into the bag, I want to play, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Let's see. How much can you put in and I'm 60 pounds less? All right, let's see if I can do as much. Yeah, yeah. Right? And this has allowed me to, to train it to the point where I have legitimate physical skills.
0: I wish there was a video we could pull up of like you, like you had your, um, I don't know what they're called. Oh, you, the
2: punching pads. You
0: had those punching pads These on. These things. And yeah. You were literally punching the fuck out of a,
2: a wall. Well, right? that's just to demonstrate that this has a lot of protection for how
4: thin it is. Mm-hmm. But. But it's, even without that, you could punch the wall with no problem because, because of what you created. You just can't punch it like full blast without – Yeah, I can't
2: punch it full blast. It's and what, interior, hap- what, right, this right. Do- what this does on a wall – I just do it as a demo. I, like, right. I, will actually, I will actually use hard surfaces to bone up. Mm-hmm. Like I'll actually do that. Mm-hmm. But it's gentle.
5: Yeah. So I'm
2: boning it up. I don't want to create the damage. Right. But if I punch the wall hard, I'm going to cut myself and then it's harder to train the next day. But it's the like way outside, you're making it
0: – Oh, go ahead. Tie fighters that like kick bamboo trees mm-hmm. and they yeah. just kick the, so oh, that they can build that calcium yeah. up in their shin. Right. And just... Well,
2: l- listen to this theory, okay? Mm-hmm. So again, we get, right, a little, little, get a little geeky. But a I believe the bone structure is a crystalline matrix mm-hmm. that creates a piezoelectric jolt of electricity upon compression or percussion or, or, or a pressure change. Mm. So a crystalline mm-hmm. structure if you hit it or bend it, it will create this piezoelectricity. So I think, that, I think that your skeleton could actually be an antenna at which your soul resonates into your bones. Jesus couldn't have any broken bones, so they pierced him, but they did not break him, mm. right? So and you're, you're, I think it could be that your bones are an antenna, and the hairs, that's an antenna too. Think about why do some whales have vestigial hip bones and po- like what the fuck? There's a whale and it's you know this right? There's there's vestigial thigh bones within some whales. Huh? It's a mammal. Yeah. Right. That means it probably was out of the water and then went back in the water. Why did it go in the water? Maybe, mm. if I have this hair that's a route in for certain electrical signals, right your hair can stand on end, right, you get frightened or whatever, yeah, spooky, airy fairy, so scary, right you get under the water well short circuits all that bullshit now you can't scare me that way, motherfucker right mm-hmm. so and this I'm just letting it go wild, right and it's just because this is the this is my thought process, yeah, so what I do is I have no filter or concern about what I'm willing to entertain, and I simply say, what if, dot, 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 and I play out scenarios. I love that. And I'm not, and I'm not married to some
4: conclusion or preconceived mm-hmm. notion, and I'm not afraid to ask a stupid question. That's like an in- inventor mindset. Yeah, yeah, what like if? if? you, if you uh, were to ask, especially like a little kid, say, hey, what do you think the worst idea would be for an invention in the gym? They actually would probably, once they went yeah. through five or six things, they would probably give you something amazing.
2: you'd be like that actually makes a lot of sense as as opposed to no that's a stupid idea go sit down (laughs) right
4: (laughs) okay now you just cut the well off for inspiration it's like a good business uh, thing to mess with too and it's fun if you go around a table and you got a think tank say hey what's the worst idea you can come up with for our business and what will happen is people will start to think They're gonna say that is really dumb. And they're gonna go through their brain Mm. and they're gonna say why they think, why doesn't it match up with their beliefs? And they're gonna say, hey, you know what? Actually, that was a not that bad of an idea really because yeah. we could do this instead it's and then the, the whole room gets talking. It's yeah. the catalyst, yeah. it's the catalyst for like, oh, like you know, it, it allowed it can it start allowed, a fire. It allowed somebody to reach out yeah. and what, to do something weird.
2: My invention process is this when we strategically sit down to create an invention, which we're doing now. So some of mine have been sort of flash of inspiration Bosu ball, what
4: if I cut the ball in half?
2: Holy shit, what if I cut the ball in half, right? I mean mm-hmm. I
4: recognize that opportunity big time. Which martial art was that going through the middle? That oh, sh-
2: uh, that's Shin Yi.
4: Shin Yi. Shin Yi just
2: cuts the center, right? Yes. Um, but other inventions like these things, this is like you know thousands of hours of perspiration and not – the Yeah. <laughs> I mean I do look sort of like a bookish wimpy guy.
4: <laughs> Can you uh, walk us through the, what you're doing with your hand just uh, Absolutely. for the people that are just listening that can't see? Yeah, so basically
2: my middle finger, if I snap my middle finger and I use my thumb to snap my middle finger, mm. that's going to land my middle finger where I want it to land for the fist that I'm going to hit with. Okay, it's not mm. the it's not the internal one that I showed you guys. This is this is for the purposes of using it to ring the wrist and to strike. Okay, so the middle finger snaps and it stays straight. The last digit that can't bend. If it bends, you short circuit it and you can't triangulate. Then the index finger folds down. Same thing. The last digit has to stay straight and it overlaps. So the mnemonic is snap, overlap. And then the thumb wrap. So it's snap, overlap, wrap is what sets you up to have it. And then what you do is I like to train this. I call it the A-OK. It's my peace sign right here where fourth and fifth go and it looks like a peace sign. When I showed this to my son in the very beginning of this discovery, he goes like this. Mm. He saw that and he interpreted that, yeah. right? Because it looks very similar, Right. And so, basically, here when I do that, and then I just fold the the fourth finger to come and nexus with the index finger, and so I have the connection of the thumb and the fourth finger. That's the path
4: that gives me the longest, strongest, and the most compressed coiled. I would love for some people out there, if anyone's listening, that does any sort of MMA. I think that this could be a revolution of sorts if people try yeah, this, and this is this is something that they find utility in right away. That, uh, well, it's a simple, easy tip that might, well, what might be a I would, what I,
2: what I would say and then that, this again is why I was so excited to come up here is because again, I view you as the Gladwellian tipping point, a voice of reason who has the respect of strong people. Right, because when we were younger, what we cared about was strength. Okay, I don't care. You wanted to be stronger. I know you did. Right, I know you did. He was stronger than you, and you wanted to be stronger than him.
0: (laughs) That (laughs) 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 That math scientist laugh.
2: But what I'm saying is that's as real as real gets. Yeah, and you find out where you are in the pecking order very quickly. Right, and the measure of strength, as you were saying, can be different. But in our coming up, the measure was Monday is bench day, <laughs> and how much do you bench? <laughs> and in New Jersey, there's no such thing as a squat. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you have pencil legs, and you bench 500, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So the, the 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 strength and the prowess comes from sort of the skillful usage of the body. And what I would say is that this. It's not if it gives you super results fast. It's get the skill and measure the result. Yeah. Don't, don't shortchange yourself by saying, oh, I didn't get it. What the hell are you talking about? Right? You're going to learn a G chord. Some guy's going to be able to do it first, and some guy's going to take three days. But the guy who takes three days could be a better guitar player because he took the time to learn it yep. versus, you know, the, the tortoise and the hare. Right? The tortoise won the goddamn race. The rabbit was faster, right? Mm-hmm. And so and both sides utilize. Make yourself as fast as a rabbit and then run the damn race, right? Like train movements and muscles. Mm-hmm. But if we're going to ask like, what movements should we train, well, then I'm going to propose to the industry, and I want positive peer pressure to be applied <laughs> with a lot of pressure and positive because we're all going to move in the right direction Fine pressure. It's it, positive peer pressure. Mm-hmm. What I'm going to say is that I believe that the most valuable athletic skill that you can have is to have the ability to have true balance, meaning you can shift your weight and be balanced on one foot, balanced on the other foot with no disturbing the balance. And if I have that skill to move with balance and continuity, because balance is 100% or you don't have balance. Because mm. if you're not 100% but balance, you can't move right now. Mm. Right now, you got to set up, Right. And so my proposal is that head over foot is the simplest, most effective strategy to balance your walk, right? And, and I think that just the skill set of manipulating the rope back and forth, right? Learning how to coil each side, mm-hmm. learning how to you know, use the spiral dynamic to your advantage as opposed to more linear three planes of motion. No, there's, it's all happening. So when I do this, you know, transverse exercise, you're still in the sagittal plane, right? You're still in the other plane. So you want to conduct your whole self like that. And it's so simple, but it's elusive if you don't have the paradigm of understanding of it. Mm. When I was 18 years old, I would not have understood myself now. And I may have walked away from that guy going, oh, that guy's nuts, Right? And I would have puffed my chest down and said, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. right? How much do I bench? And at 16 years old, I stopped benching. I was like the second strongest kid on my team as a freshman with the bench press. And the guy who was stronger than me outweighed me by 40, 50 pounds, right? I had a powerful bench because I got a big chest, right? And then that went away. Literally, you go from, okay, we're knocking on the door of 300, and now you got zero, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? That's a blow. Yeah. And for me, I was always so body conscious and so socially nervous and anxious. Like I would like roll the one sleeve up and I'd have to flex all the the time. You know what I mean? And like I was always embarrassed how small my arms were and like, you know, it it was just a mess. Mm -hmm. There was so much just internal turmoil with the dissatisfaction. I used to sit there and look in the mirror when I was 15. I would curse my parents. I was like, my mom gave me freckles and my dad gave me skinny legs. Like, what the hell? (laughs) You know what I mean? So, what I would propose is that we, as an industry, we focus on function. Relate to gait is the most logical thing to relate to because it's the you walk to the bench, you walk to the swimming pool, right? You walk over there, over here. That's how we, you know, sort of, that's the baseline. And Mm -hmm. if you can relate to that, it requires that you figure eight and you you use the spiral dynamic and it is so simple and you see what i see is this coalescence of kelly sterrett very few people have the capacity to break things down and simplify them and articulate them so well mm-hmm. right and it, now i have a, a, a relationship building with kelly sterrett right and he loves the rope he believes that it's Super scalable and super effective and he's contributing to the art by saying – he did a post the other day. He's like put the rope here and just do shoulder mobility, right? And by proxy, you're getting the coil. You're getting the rotation, right? You're getting the coordination and he just made it super, super simple and so he snuck it in, Mm -hmm. right? Because we do a rope flow and you see me do all this weird shit. Now you're like, ah, that's fucking bullshit. I don't want to do that. But Kelly Sturette tells you, hey, we're going to loosen up your shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> and we got a feedback of the rope. That's how we win is we we, we 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 put a little sugar in with the medicine and make it easy and palatable. But just the fact that you're talking about this and even entertaining a conversation with this alt-fit, crazy, mad scientist, you know, guy with a gadget trying to fool everybody <laughs> <laughs> and make money, Right. So there's suddenly credence, and a lot of people are going to be exposed to me, to Chris, to Weck Method that would have never been exposed or even had the inclination to be
4: exposed, mm-hmm. right? It would be no interest. Like, what has that sissy got to offer me, right? I want to, you know, help people get out of pain because I think that pain and or fear is a big thing that is keeping people on the couch. <sighs> you know, there's so many people that, you know, unfortunately, there's a lot of people that are, are very overweight. And they have to figure out a way to try to control their diet. But I also am aware that they they do have some pain. They do have some ailments. They have tried to walk to the uh, mailbox, and maybe they haven't tried to walk enough. You know, maybe, but mm-hmm. like getting that negative feedback from your first time in the gym that your ankle hurts or your elbows hurt or whatever it is, it I, I would like to really strip everyone away from as many excuses as possible. Mm-hmm. It's not an easy thing to do. We talk a lot about mindset on the show. We we try to present as much yeah. stuff as we can, so um, but I'm a big believer that you can't fix the mind with the mind, and I'm a big believer that you can't fix the body with the body. They have to work together. Sure. Mm. It's by, body, mind, spirit, and this stuff that you hold on to from when you're a kid uh, is, part, <laughs> is part of what's kind of bleeding into your system today, uh, leaving you reserved about your shoulder or your hip or your this or your that, and so... It's very hard. These things have been sitting there for a really long time, these injuries or these uh, mental things that you went through, uh, whether you were abused or neglected or not hugged enough or not loved enough or whatever, or your interpretation of the way you grew up, you felt gypped compared to your brother or your sister. We all have all this, like, crap, you know, that that's happening. And so – You know, I've looked to like uh, rehabilitation type of things. You know, that's kind of what I would view a lot of this movement stuff being like a a recoding, a, a rehabilitation, like let's get you back to gaining some access to the way that you used to feel because when you were seven, you weren't like, I wonder if I should get off the couch right now because my friend just knocked on the door and he wants to go do something like you're, you're like fucking running out the door, yeah, fired right. up, right. like hoping that your buddies at the park, like you're riding your bike around, you don't see them. Mm-hmm. And then maybe you see somebody else and you ride towards them. You're like, is there anybody out here? Like <laughs> fucking throw a ball around with me or whatever. And so I, that's, I would like to get adults to that place where they feel like they have that energy and they yes. feel good about themselves so, so they can go and, do whatever yeah. it is that they want to do. Gain access back to what they used to
3: be able to do, what they used to love. Yeah. I love this. And and honestly, we've been talking about the rope a little bit on this. And again, that that being that tool for us, that really is super accessible to everybody. And we kind of talk about mobility and stiffness and all this stuff. And that tool is really exceptional at meeting somebody where they're at, whoever they are. And you can find ways to regress it and make it super easy for something. And there's a whole lot of aspirational stuff it can lead to. So it's a great place for somebody to develop skill set. To get a global understanding of how they themselves actually move in space, not how somebody else wants them to, mm. they can deal mm. with it. And then mm-hmm. there's things that can make them move better in it. Great, whatever. Yeah. But but there's no there's no negativity for even like just starting with one of the patterns and just getting it right, you know. And and just building. Um, uh, oh, where am I? Sorry, uh, but yeah, just like building on that and developing that skill set is just going to help with this person globally get more mobile and. That's it, man. I love some of the stuff we've been exposed to recently just
4: because of the amount of reps. And Seam and I were talking one day and I was like, you know, if uh he and I was setting up a workout for somebody and we we're like, hey, uh you gotta do, you know, ten thousand uh reps of of legs today, you'd be like, Oh my god, like what if you're like, where do I I don't even know. But if I said, Hey, we're gonna go outside, we're gonna push around the tank, or we're gonna pull a sled And we're going to go down and back 200 yards. You go, I go back and forth. And we're going to do it for like 40 minutes. We might have accomplished that amount of reps. Mm -hmm. So I like ideas that are like that where it's like, let's move this rope around. Let's punch a bag. Let's do these skills and these disciplines where there's so many reps going on and there's so much movement. Even just punching a bag, if you learn how to throw your kind of your hips into it and things like that, you'll be expressing a lot of the stuff that you guys are sharing. So I just would really love to see people. I know that people have a lot of determination and I know that people have a lot more discipline than they give themselves credit for. They have discipline with their children. They have discipline as a fireman. They have discipline as a mother. They have discipline as a sister or a friend or whatever. They're always there. They're super reliable, but they're not there for themselves. Mm. And that's what I want to see change. And that's why I don't mind inviting, like, I had no idea there was all this, like, infighting in this world. I know. I kind of <laughs> walk, walked I mean, in the room I mean. and I was like, hey, that guy is cool. That guy is cool. That guy's cool. Let's see if we bring everybody yeah. together. And I was like, oh Wait shit. Wait a second. They all hate each other. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I didn't care about, I don't care about any of that. I just want to present, the, thing. present but, the information to people and then your explanatory knowledge of what you guys know is going to be the stuff that floats to the top if it's explained well yeah. and if it's stuff that people are like damn it like I, I don't that goes against some of my former beliefs but I I should give that I should give that
2: shit a try the the empirical measurement is ultimately what matters in the in the reality right cuz otherwise you know okay if it doesn't empirically make me better okay it could make me feel better and that might be motivation for many but we are competitive and That's why there is drugs in sports. Mm -hmm. It's just because we're competitive. And if I believe you're doing it and you believe I'm doing it, well, we both have no choice but to do it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Now, my journey on this depth began with pain, back pain. I rollerbladed for six years. That's all I did. My feet got so weak. I picked up my motorcycle, strained my back. It Mm -hmm. gave out on me, and I was in pain. Mm -hmm. And if I knew now, it would have been a couple of days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, just a couple of days, I'd be better. Yeah. I was in pain for a year where I was squirming and I just wanted it to go away. So I took little Aleve pills and I didn't read that you're only supposed to do two weeks and you're only supposed to take two <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> months and months of taking six and i just eviscerated my digestion and gave myself a leaky gut you know got the candidiasis and you know all sorts of problems from it and it was when i discovered the stability ball that that is what tuned me into this if, if your body is in pain there's a certain bracing protective tension from these little spinal muscles that are trying to save you And the job is done. It's like swelling, right? It's like we can all go home now, right? The trauma's over. (laughs) Let's play ball again. And so my back was seized and it was always protecting itself in that sort of way. My feet were weak, so I really couldn't get it. But there's also a phenomenon of if you have a reflexive writing adjustment, it's almost like a a neural reset. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like if suddenly you have to react and react. You're moving much faster than thought, and it's a jolt that leads to an immediate sense of relaxation after you've had those jolts, Mm -hmm. right? So it's, oh, I'm cool because it's a panic, right? I slipped on the banana peel. Nothing else in the world matters for that moment than me not busting my ass, right, Mm -hmm. or breaking my wrist or doing whatever I'm going to do. So the stability ball gave me that, and then I saw Paul check – standing on the ball, squatting, you know, the 135 pounds. And that put the idea in my head like, shit, I'm going to try standing on it. I didn't lift weights on it, but I stood mm-hmm. on it. I remember I got a pull-up bar, you know, okay, and stood on it. And okay, let go a little, let go more, okay. And then I got to the point where I could like jump onto it. I could, I could literally like squeeze it and lift it and jump. Mm-hmm. And I could jump from one to another. And I took several falls. But when you're doing that active stuff, you're prepared to fall. So you're ready for it. But then I did, went to the other direction, the Feldenkrais stuff. And I'm watching the New York Knicks lose to uh, Spurs or something. I remember the game. I was watching. I was on a 75-centimeter ball. That's big. It's not just a normal one. It's a bigger one.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: And I'm standing on it, and I do this Feldenkrais thing where I close my eyes, mm-hmm. and I no. go like that. Oh, no. <laughs> and boom! Boom! I fell. My butt hit the ball. I did a backflip and I landed. I was in a 200-square-foot studio. I landed in the kitchen from the living room. (laughs) And the first thing I did when I fell was I kicked my feet to make sure that I could still do that. Because I was terrified in my brain that like I just might have broke my neck. Mm. And it was that night that I was like, I'm just not going to take these risks anymore. I'm just not going to do it. And I was laying in bed, like, well, I'm getting better. Like, how do I continue? I was like, geez, like, what if I cut the ball? What if I cut the ball? (laughs) Because that was like the, you know, the dot com, and everybody was, you know, I quit doing, you know, I quit my landscaping business. I'm a day trader. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, (laughs) Yeah, and you make Mm -hmm. more money, but not for long, right? Yeah. And so that idea of like winning the lottery, right? You know, having some invention that makes you financially secure was. I was a starving actor for almost 10 years where, you know, I grab extra napkins at the burrito store so I don't got to buy toilet paper. Like, mm. you know what I'm saying? Like frugal, right? So the, 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 I saw the opportunity to a BOSU ball and I just knew. I was like, this thing has so much utility for so many different people, for so many different things. And if I can patent it and be first out in the market, well, then this might be it. This might be my ticket to being able to have a family and support them. Yeah. Without having to log the hours, right? Work Mm -hmm. real hard. Life is a marathon and not a sprint. Mm -hmm. But there are times when you better sprint your ass off. Because if you gotta catch the bus at eleven, you get there eleven oh (laughs) one. Well guess what? (laughs) If I got there eleven, I'm sitting and moving. And if I got there eleven oh one, I can move and I ain't going nowhere. Mm -hmm. Right? So that's the business, right? Mm -hmm. Is it's a marathon, you'll be in a long haul. But there are moments of emergency where you better sprint your ass off. And I'll bet you have a whole bunch of War stories of how you climb the ladder to be successful the way you are. I got so many war stories of, you know, being at conferences and, you know, the, the other guy who's teaching his class with the stability balls, he, 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 he sent the compressor back before I got to use it because he's like, fuck you, right? Mm. Oh, okay. So I have to blow up with 350 Bosu balls with a hand pump. Okay. <laughs> this sucks,
0: <laughs> right? But I got to do it, Yeah. right? You got to carry that water. Power Project Family, how's it going now on this podcast? Mark, Andrew, and I, we talk about fasting a lot. We talk about the ketogenic diet and a lot of different types of diets. But Bub's Naturals has a product. They have the collagen protein, which is amazing. They have these apple cider vinegar gummies, which are like crack. But they they have these MCT oil powder packets that Ah, I've never used to do this, but in the morning I'll wake up and I'll put it in coffee. And the smoothness, number one, in terms of the mixing is amazing, but the consistency of my energy through the day because of the MCT oil powder is peak. Andrew. Mm-hmm. How's your experience? With
1: that? Yeah, no, it's, that's exactly it. It's like the best way to start the day. Uh, you're satiated, you're energized, and you're just ready to crush the day. Uh, so if you guys want to get in on this MC2 oil powder, head over to bubsnaturals.com and at checkout, enter promo code PowerProject to save 20% off your entire order. Again, Bubs Naturals promo code PowerProject to save 20% off. Links to them down in the description as well as the podcast show notes.
3: Yeah, I totally, I got my thought back on when I was talking about the rope with you guys. Yes. I wanted to talk about uh, the mindset of that and like the winning mindset. And you were sort of, uh, you were talking about like just somebody sitting on the couch and even thinking about getting up to answer the door of their buddy or maybe going out because it may not even feel good type thing, right? And I think what people need to if they're like just getting started out or something like that like we do the rope because we feel like it's something that's super accessible but you need to find something that's accessible for you to find little wins it doesn't have to be this huge grandiose thing where i'm setting like a a pr record or something like that and or you can put the mindset of everything new you do that you accomplish is a record and a pr in your life Mm. and i think finding sort of those like those little wins starting out can turn into really big things and and if you can put it around something like a tool. Like learning to use a kettlebell was sort of my first wins. I had a lot of really bad experiences in the gym working with barbells. Like coaches were throwing weights on me and it didn't feel right. And nobody was coaching me right or whatever. Never felt good. And I sort of had to find my way back into the gym. And kettlebells happened to be that way. I kind of got back to the iron. And I kept, I got wins from it because there was a moment to stop and think about the tool and to work on myself and to develop a skill set. And it just like, it's, it's, uh, Oh, it's addicting in a sense, like, it, like just feeling good, right? The movement mm-hmm. and the mindset, the double the, the combination there. And that's what I said is that that rope for us, I was trying to lead back to that idea that 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 one allows you to get like such a high frequency of wins. Even if you don't know you're winning, you're winning. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then if it doesn't feel like a win, stop. It doesn't matter. It's like it literally doesn't matter. But if you took a couple steps and you won a couple times today, great. You know what I mean? And if mm-hmm. that you can build on that understanding of stuff, then, then you'll crave new skills and you'll want to learn more. We were talking about bookmarks; Like I was roping and it made me want to go learn more, look up more things and explore things in a different way and think outside the box a little bit. And it can like, it's just a starting place for us that you can really start getting down that rabbit hole, especially if you have nowhere to start type thing. Right. So Mm -hmm. that's where I was going with that. I want to make sure I got that. And then also,
2: also the concept that we sort of hit on before is what I like to say, if I, if I sort of, Take the the forty thousand foot view into things. I want one set, infinite reps. Mm. So if I just, it's life is happening. Mm-hmm. This is not a rehearsal. This is it. That's one set. What if every step is a rep, and I'm going for that infinite number of reps. And then I bring it into, okay, five sets of five, (laughs) whatever you want. But if you always look at it as like, okay, I want the carryover to not being in pain and feeling like if I want to do something, I can. So simple. So simple. Right? So simple. And I think that strength, we talked a little bit about this on the phone in the text where I, when we came up, it was like a bully culture. You know, the the strong picked on the weak. There was a certain hazing that was ritualistic. In my high school, you know, senior would come up and piss on the sophomore in the shower. Like, you know, that was just, you know, okay, you, you won't take this shit and that's it. And, like, I always had that, like, you know, energy about me where... I'll bite you. Like you're not going to do that to me. Bite that dick off. <laughs> no, I ain't going to do that. No, no, no. Sorry. <laughs> no. Was that John Wayne Bobbitt? No, no, no. I, I, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have followed it with that. good. <laughs> but but it was it was it was sort of a it was a culture of of, you know, the, the weak the weak being preyed upon by the strong, it's no match anyway. Why are you getting your jollies, beat, you know, picking on the weak kid? And kids are mean. Mm-hmm. Kids are mean. And today it's even more complicated because now they can ostracize you. You know, 3,000 people get to see that bad picture and video you doing something. And it's this existential thing that's worse than getting punched in the face. But now I think we've reached a stage in just the human drama, human story, where strong men – can be caring and share with the younger generation that, look, you're not proving anything by being mean and being a bully, right? And that's that positive peer pressure because you get enough of that kind of behavior and then it's cool to be the other way. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's – again, and there's there's a certain amount of just starstruck that I have because like you don't understand. Like for my world, strength was everything and you have legendary accomplishments, right? And a will, right? And I remember seeing the movie after knowing. And like there's, there's people who like it's really cool to meet certain people. And, and again, I was just so excited to have this opportunity because, again, it's legacy and it's contribution. And if we can literally help physical education so that people can make every step stronger, think about the world. In 50 years, I don't want some technocratic dystopic, like we're all going to sit in our buildings and drones are going to say is, you know, resist the urge for your soul's desire for freedom. Oh, really? (laughs) Shoot me now. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And that's it seems like that's where we're going right now. It's insane. But I think what what I look at is I listen to people and I, you know, sort of borrow from certain good ideas i think the idea that this whole past couple years has really exposed and taken out of the shadows that which has always been corrupt it's just reached a a, Mm. it's reached a proportion where it's flowing out of the buckets now and we can all see it and if you're deeply honest like you know that it's all you know you know that certain things aren't right something's rotten in denmark And now that it's been exposed, every one of those motherfuckers is going to die in the next 20, 30 years anyway. They got to be replaced anyway, right? Let's fill it in with the next generation that just has a different motivation. Mm -hmm. Elon Musk is doing things that theoretically could make the means of production so efficient that a human being does not have to do a menial job ever again. There would be... The the means of production, you could live with opulence and now you could flourish with the arts and the creativity and the sports and the things that are, you know, truly engaging where you're not being beaten down and, you know, having to go drive the UPS truck. And, you know, it's like, well, won't people like, you know, lack a sense of purpose? Well, is your purpose to, 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 to sweep up the street or could a robot do that? And now you could play. A game with your kid instead. Mm -hmm. So I think that the potential for humanity to sort of come out into a whole new world order that is about the quality of life, the quality of the life, and it's all relationships. That is the number one thing in life is relationships. For me, it's my family and my friends. That's all that matters to me. And my work. Those are the two things. I lived a very exciting life in my twenties in Manhattan. So I got (laughs) and I saw a doctor and I got rid of it. So (laughs) I like putting it a little Yeah. But and I don't want to be too Pollyanna here, but that is literally what I want to accomplish is that people have better information so that they can move better because that's actual. And then the mindset can grow within that strength. And confidence is everything. I don't know if you guys remember the actor Jack Palance, who would do the one-arm push-ups at the the Oscars, you know? Mm -hmm. And he had that commercial about confidence is sexy. He was ugly as hell, but he was sexy because he was confident. Right? So anyway.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I was wondering, can you explain, because, like, we we talked about the propulsors, um, the ropes, can you explain the RMT clubs uh, or the... I think there's one right there and how uh, I'm curious like that, but then also, you know, a lot of lifters have been listening to this episode and we've been talking about a lot of things, but after this, I'm really curious how like a power lifter, a bodybuilder can take this stuff and take certain aspects of it and apply it to them so that they can move better. Because again, if people look at your Instagram, you're doing all kinds of wild shit with all kinds of wild weight. You're just throwing weight around. Mm. And the, all, the types of movements that you're doing, the spirals and coils that you're getting into, it's like that can be applied to a lifter so that they can lift better. For so sure. yeah, yeah. this, and then I'm curious about yeah,
3: that. Yeah, so this, I mean, this, I'm, I kind of mentioned this to you guys earlier too. Like I've been working with like Mesa's clubs, that kind of environment, like the weighted ones, mm-hmm. probably it's gotta be like 15 years now or something. I was making them in my backyard with, steel pipes and stuff yeah um and a big thing that immediately with that kind of world if you're sort of familiar i know on it's really kind of made that kind of big now like Uh you're seeing that there that's a, a pretty big name with that um but that that steel club it has some uh some issues. Sometimes it hits you, clips you. So, like, it can be a little uncomfortable. I I was a kid and tough, and I didn't care, and I wanted to learn something. I thought there was benefit behind it, so I'd chase mm-hmm. it, and I'd knock myself sometimes. So this guy that David invented, I wasn't even around, actually, when this came around, but that, that idea that there's a soft implement that can really tap me into some of these swinging uh, modalities, similar to our rope, mm-hmm. but in some cases, it's easier to learn with a little more load. So, like, we're putting this in Mark's hand earlier. It actually helped him i feel the patterns a little better. Um, that idea of having a tool that's going to give me that, that uh, security, that mindset in myself that I can explore a new movement, a new pattern, right? Mm-hmm. That's the number one thing. The second thing, similar to that steel shot we were talking about, like with the propel speed trainers, uh, it's got that shift in there. And what that does for us, it, it can create like a feedback element, but more importantly, it kind of can act like a coach. So it, it gives you this ability to hear something. You get an audible feedback, which – I think we get in a lot of things, but I don't know if we're, like, thinking of it as, like, something we're looking for. Yeah, yeah the other but, day we
4: were doing some barefoot stuff, and we were saying the
3: ground is your coach.
4: Mm, sure. You know, mm-hmm. you try to run, like, on a field – the ground will be your instructor because you're going to run into certain pain and you're going to land certain ways and you're like, that wasn't a good idea. Yeah, <laughs> and you see, and <laughs> like,
3: see, you're using the ground as a tool. You're learning, right. you're using it for feedback. You're trying to learn from it, okay? And for us, we're like tool wielders. We are all tool wielders, right? Yep. We're going to pick something up. We're going to try to apply something to it. We're going to figure things out with it. We're going to hone it. We're going to get better. Mm-hmm. This guy, because of that, that shifting, that sound, we can use some specific cu- cues to sort of get to places we want people to get quicker. Yeah. So like I can remove the sound from it when I'm doing like big circular motions and just working many people just say like mobility doing like an arm circle or something like that just trying to get traction and space in the shoulder. Mm-hmm. I could do that and I'm going to try to remove sound from the the implement and it's going to make sure that I'm actually slacked out and I'm getting the most range that I need. Yeah. And it's not even I could look at you do it, I could look at him do it, him do it and me do it and all of us might actually look different while we're doing it, but the tool's quiet. Mm. And it's meeting us where we're at. And I'm learning from the tool, not from coach telling me how to use the tool, All mm. right, And that can be helpful and we can always correct. But we're going to learn things ourselves the best, right? Yeah. And we're going to learn from the things that we're holding, right? And mm-hmm. In my mind, I believe that, um, So that that's the thing there. And then when we want to take advantage of the shift, just like the propulsors, we can create those events or those moments to create like a feedback, a a spike in force. So I get like work, I can make four pounds feel like 40 or whatever, but it also creates a moment to rebound. And I talked to you guys about this a little bit where like when you're working with the swinging implement, it typically sort of like, as you get momentum going, it sort of has the path it's on. And if you want to change the path, something has to stop Mm -hmm. and you have to use inertia to stop it, right? Like if it's a mass, right? With this, I can create that shift or almost that ricochet or pulse and I can change directions. So it opens up opportunities for like some really unique movement and creating sort of that A B speed type stuff I was talking about. I'm gonna to get to this position and this position. Everything in between is gonna be free and easy. Yeah. And then I'm gonna punctuate those positions, create more force and create more understanding of those positions, right? And strengthen them.
4: Well,
2: I was a collector of the Indian clubs, and I had a lot of experience wielding the club because it's a fundamental tool. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you think about it, a club goes back to, you know, 2001 space odyssey give me a mm-hmm. thigh bone and let me go beat up a bigger guy right yeah. <laughs> so i had a whole bunch all the way from you know little one pounders all the way up to what i think i had a 50 pound or something like a yeah, that one. 45 five pound. Yeah, yeah 45 yeah. pound one i had wooden ones that weighed 25 pounds are huge and yeah, yeah so so, so you can see the speed with which the speed with which chris is moving you can't. No other club is going to give you that amount of leeway to create that speed and dynamic, Jeez. and then the ricochet action where we're in where, where the connective tissue gets engaged. Yep. So you're learning how to do it, but you're also developing the tissue to do it. Yep. And, it, you know, now let's talk about a bodybuilder. There may not be some direct carryover to the bodybuilder for doing that in terms of bodybuilding Yeah. but it may be worth their while to play with it a little bit to give themselves a little bit more of that dangerous capacity that gives them a little bit more confidence on a stage because half that game is is posing right
0: and, and a lot of bodybuilders don't move well what's that a lot of bodybuilders don't move and well and some
2: of them were move great yeah mm-hmm, some, some do right? move really some of them good, move actually. great yep. and and what what you could do if you're one of the ones who can't move as well you're losing points in the competition because you're not you're not like captivating it's a it's a you know it used to be about sex appeal Arnold Schwarzenegger right now it's about bigger muscles because <laughs> it's not sexy to get that big probably but I think if you looked at it as okay if I can enhance my underlying capacity to be dangerous right to 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 do better in a straight fight as j l holder says you know he's like if my training doesn't make me better in a street fight, well, what am I doing with my training mm. you know to some extent and this thing is just a it's just a it's a mouse trap that didn't exist that I made so that I could move it really fast, yeah right, and I can have more fun with it too, yeah. so I can have a ton of fun with a tool because and like I have same song itis, so like when I find a song like you, you don't allow headphones in your gym. They make me wear headphones in the gym <laughs> because I drive them all nuts. Yeah. So I can find those repetitive patterns and I can like grease the groove as it were to get it more and more and I can have more and more fun with it.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'll, I'll, I'll speak on that too. Again, like longevity in a career, whatever that be, right? Like people get hurt. That's one of the things I actually listen to when I talk to people like great lifters or great people that are great at whatever they did mm-hmm. in the phys- physical world at least. It's like, what did you do in your off time or what you call accessory work or like what you thought about this stuff? And it typically is like cyclical. It has like some – I walk with a sled. I drag something. I carried things. I handed off kettlebells. Like whatever it be. I, I, I just played with a rope. Whatever it is. Yeah. It's these things that were repetitive in nature that alternated, which come back to that idea of walking that mm-hmm. idea yeah, of shifting right. weight, things like that. And what I find a lot of times is something just needs to inspire you because you're gonna. if you're going to be doing that, it's usually a pretty efficient uh, pattern and it's something you're going to put some time into. I'm going to go for a 10-minute walk. If yeah. that's the thing that inspires you, great. Some people, if it's raining and that doesn't make sense and I don't like walking on a treadmill, I'm not inspired by that. Mm-hmm. But I just watched Marvel and I like like something that looks like a hammer and Thor was awesome or something like that. I want to swing something around you're inspired by something like that. That's cool. Whatever. That inspires you. So uh, the idea is like find tools if you need it to be weighted, if you like it light like a rope or a club or a, whatever it is. Maybe you, can, you can play around with the cyclical type stuff. Or again, if you're just after like fast type things like videos like this, I can just work on change of directions and develop. Well, and there's, and also, the there's
2: also a rationale in our training of what he's doing. So he's working on the way he's steering the elbow. So yeah. that when it comes down in him, that's a near steer. And then it's a far steer when it comes up. Mm-hmm. So that's that's specifically done for the carry over that it will give him in the capacity when he puts the tool down. Yeah. Cuz you the tool is a bridge and Bruce Lee like it's the boat that got me across the river now I don't need the boat cuz I'm climbing the mountain. You know that type of thing. We like to say put people on the path to independence. So that you know you don't go into the gym and wait for your trainer to come get you, mm-hmm. right? You know, no, yeah. we want to put you on a path to independence. And make you more and more capable of self-direction, self-correction, and, you know, of evolution. Yeah. And that's, uh, you know, a big part of just the, the mandate of why we train the way we do.
3: Yeah. I, I want to mention it because you kind of mention my Instagram sometimes. And I do some, like, I'll move some wild things or do some things. And I'll do some things that look outside the box a little bit. And that's fine. Yeah. And, and what, I, um, what I'm actually showcasing there, like if somebody was involved in my program, like, how do you program? How are you training? Uh-huh. And all this stuff. what's what's really interesting i'm like i'm not like if i'm doing something like that that may be almost looks choreographed like oh this guy practices this he's just trying to show off type thing like most of the time i'm sitting at my desk in the lab and i feel inspired to get up and get my microdose of movement and it happens just to be that pattern for whatever reason and i wasn't like yeah choreographing like i got an instagram post today i'm gonna do something i just i got inspired to try a pattern it seemed like it was in my head i wanted to do it and i'm able to move through it because I'm rooting it to like all of our movement patterns and our philosophies. So you could just be inspired by a tool and like start moving. You could be inspired by our movement practice and our tools and get after it. But oh, that's an old video. That's right old. There. That's old. This is like yeah. not even quite at with uh, with David. But yet. look what he's doing with this kettlebell. This
0: is probably a 68 or do a couple different ones in this video. <laughs> But that's the thing. It's like doing this. Like when when I was working with that kettlebell the other day, after I saw you do some shit, I ended up doing some weird jumping shit with the kettlebell too. It's like, and, and all of these things, what it does is it inspires an individual to play, because mm-hmm. most things mm-hmm. that happen in the gym, it's like, mm-mm, mm-mm. it's like all these systems, like just straight movements. But it these, was
4: play at one point, but it's no longer.
0: It's an, exactly because yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. But yeah, like right. these types of these types of uh, equipment, they. They inspire you to move in different ways and you end up playing with these pieces of equipment. Yeah. That, and that yeah, wasn't yeah, we court, that. like yeah, I was we just fucking that. around. It well, wasn't important. An and
2: interesting there because that's the opposite of the coil, what you're doing there. So you're yeah. going long here like this. Mm-hmm. And so what you're – both Chris and I, when we were on the plane, yeah, we were like, I want to see NSEMA organized. Mm-hmm. Like you controlling the four quadrants that we talk about. Mm-hmm. And and that's going to be something fun to watch. Yeah, because you already have an incredible prowess, mm-hmm. right? And all we're doing is we're just saying, okay, we're going to optimize a couple key positions, and then you take care of the transitions. And now you
4: have more control over the whole thing. So he's mm-hmm. even stronger in certain positions, right? Yes, Probably.
2: yes, yeah. yes. And you'll be able to you'll be able to direct your training so that you can use those quadrants more strategically. Mm-hmm. Yeah and and then have the ace in the hole at all times mm-hmm. because your body will naturally just go there yeah, right and then the transition to the next thing and like i said like god smiled when he made you but it, it's <laughs> wild because
0: like the stuff we did i don't please don't get forgets your thought but I mean, this is still on for me right now yeah. like it's like yeah, yeah. usually when i'm standing around mm-hmm. like i'm i'm you know i'm braced but like this it's still on and it's not like we did anything too crazy mm-hmm. you know so it's just yeah, we just developed into
3: positions right now. Mm-hmm. I, I want to touch on that word "play" a little bit. I think I know. I think that's becoming a little more mainstream now. I know oh. movement culture type people. We kind of been talking about playing and we'll juggle and we'll do things. And um, what's interesting about that is I don't. It's kind of in that world of function too. It doesn't have to be something that has to be light either. You can. Yes. Think, oh no! Yes. Can, and, and like you said, like like lifting. It was like circus guys and like people that are playing in the yards and just wanted to show showmanship and do things and it was an enjoyable event training doesn't have to be not enjoyable and i think that's a big piece of people's like first step into things is they're like i'm gonna allot set amount of time to do something microdose or not big it's like god like i don't even know if i'm gonna enjoy that but if you can find something you enjoy and just ride it and that's so play doesn't have to be this yeah yeah, this well
0: but is your training ever painful no see i feel really great this is the thing that's the thing
3: yeah, and and I think that mindset of play—if we just want to use that as the term—like it, um, it controls the intensity. So I never go like all out. So like I can train every day. I'm always ready. I always feel fresh, and it's at a pretty high level. Mm-hmm. So I don't feel like I have to lose anything. And I don't—if I really want to ham hey, it, I'll go hard. And, yeah. and I usually I want to rest more days, and then I'm not as happy because I should be moving every day. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I got a little kid. I want to get up and run around with them and play and. Show him how to move and do all that stuff. I don't want to feel like I have to sit down and I'm not excited to go out with a family and do something tonight because I'm stiff. Like that's not a feeling I even want, so I don't even go there. Mm -hmm. All right? So Well, and, and I'm glad that you brought up the fact that we can introduce
2: some load here because the biggest criticism for functional training is that you become a weakling. Yeah. Right? oh, okay, great, I did this movement, I did this movement. And then he's like, Poof. oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> that yeah. didn't work, <laughs> right? Uh-huh. So, it, And, and I'm, I like to be able to be like, okay, I, I can't compete with him on a lot of that stuff and I can't do anything with this, so that cuts me out from a lot of stuff. Mm. But I could pick up several hundred pounds and run it over there, right? And if I had to carry you up the stairs, I could carry you up the stairs,
3: so this is something I'm really big into right now. I've been using the hyper sort of as like an ability to get me forward intent. And realistically, like get rid of this whole gym setting and I'm picking up a hand cart and I'm moving it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. I've just, I'm hauling something. This is not some wild thing. This is a hand wagon that I'm pulling in a, in a sense. So, but the fact that I can train and I can do something repetitive and I can use the environment of a gym and build on that, that's really cool. Like, and I feel great and I've, I've had a lot of success with a lot of athletes that when they're deadlifting, they feel stiff, or like, again, yeah. feel. I'm going to talk field athletes and so not somebody that's specific in the world of powerlifting that needs to get better at that. Right. A field athlete that the gym is like a secondary. Yeah. They're supposed to Carry be on there. They're supposed Carry to be going over. there and they should be getting carryover. And Carry if they're over. going there and they're feeling sore and they're not able to perform their job on a field, yeah. what the heck am I doing with this guy? So a lot of people come to us and then they work with me. They're like, this is totally different, but I can do things that are familiar and still get them big and still get strong and still move weight. And we're there. So, yeah, I, I, I think stronger is better.
2: Yeah. You know, all things equal, stronger is better. Yeah. And I, and you know, the idea again, like I would, if somebody likes to deadlift, God bless you, deadlift, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it is, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah,
0: you know, uh, Mark, what is the, th- what is the thing you mentioned as far as the mind affecting the body and the, you can't do, can't fix with the mind, oh, with the mind, yeah,
4: yeah, you need to all work and, uh, in harmony. Okay. Yes. So body mind spirit.
0: Yeah. And when we were doing certain movements today, you were making sure that I was going forward. You just mentioned forward intent. Mm-hmm. And you can think of what this is going to do to the mind of an individual who's generally very reserved and very, you know, you know, if you get them opening up and moving forward and creating that in ev- well not every single movement, but a lot of movements that they do in the gym, it's like you, i feel like i want to run run through a wall i feel yeah. very offensive i feel like i'm not playing defense you know what yeah. i mean it gets an individual out of that mindset of uh, uh and more into the let's fucking go and yeah. i and that that will like doing that with your body will change the way you act yeah, that's absolutely. a really sick yeah. thing and so
3: i mean I, I i'm fortunate enough to be like an educator of coaches too and i've had experience working with people for many years of my life and people were always fearful of movement and that mindset and that like I kind of I get it because there's pain and like there's that stuff, but just like, like we're humans, like we're supposed to be capable of so much stuff, and if we can believe in that a little bit and we can Mm -hmm. expose ourselves to that, like we can just be freaking awesome. And if we can get through that, and honestly, like I'm so happy I get to work with coaches now because I can start instilling like a a new thought process with a coach on how they're going to communicate with that that person for the first time so they're setting that person up for success for whatever coaches they are going to have in their life and any movement practice they're going to develop in their life and that's such a that's such a huge thing mm-hmm. like just having that and um what was it graham was saying he's not a violent person right and you have seen that run through a wall and that might be intimidating somebody at first but it's like we got to be able to fight in flight dave says right like even though you don't have to be violent yeah. like but it's part of our nature to have that ability to defend ourselves and mm-hmm. if we don't then we're missing out on something i think oh. so and i'm yeah, not so. a violent
0: person either i'm that's the last thing i want to do yeah. but yeah. Martial arts and that that type of stuff has helped me be able to at least have that capacity. Yeah, and
3: that whole art itself is all about respect of that and respecting yes. the art so, of it. Like you, you're you're learning something that's dangerous and you should respect it. Like, yeah, for sure. And,
2: and generally the tendency is the better the martial artist, the cooler and calm and collected the person yeah. in general. Mm. The more dangerous someone is, the more kind they are, the more like okay they are because they're not trying to prove it. And – a fight, you have to respect the fight because you can lose a fight. Yeah, yeah. as the better fighter, <laughs> right? So, opportunity. There's no standing eight count, right? In, uh-huh. in, the, in the MMA, right? So, once the, you know, one small error, and you lost your fight. And and you know you didn't lose a game you lost a fight,
5: mm-hmm.
2: ooh right you know how does your ego handle that <laughs> right?
1: Yeah. How do you guys coach somebody to tap into that like I'll say that primal like instinct I guess. So uh, uh, I'm asking because Graham when he's working with me in the gym, you know we'll we'll be using the clubs and we'll be using various tools and he's just like dude you have this crazy amount of aggression in you but your body is just so tied up because of my back. Mm. Your body's trying to protect itself and you're not letting go. He's like, you know, think less. You need to let go. He's like, you have this inside you. And I'm like, dude, I'm fucking going as hard as I can. He's like, no, you have way more aggression inside of you. Mm. And so like basically what he's telling me is like, I'm not able to tap into that primal side. Sure. So how, again, somebody that's experienced pain in the
3: past, mm. how can I start tapping into that side? So this is what I was kind of mentioning earlier, that thought I had on that rope before. It's winning, Whatever that means, and at low level winning, it doesn't have to be anything. Like, I'm not going to tell you you're not primal because that might be a loss in your head right there. You know right. what I mean? Like because you said I'm giving it everything I have, and it might be everything you have. You yeah. know, so it's it's that idea that I gave it everything I had, and you just won today. So congratulations! You're going to come back tomorrow, and you're going to be more primal probably because you won. Because that's a satisfying feeling, mm-hmm. and you could put it in anything you do. Right? You, you're gonna. Edit something you flip, like, whatever it is. Like you can win with everything. I try to win with anything, like yeah. everything I can in, in little ways.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, and I think also the 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 most reality in terms of primal is efficiency. Mm. Okay, because there was no room for inefficiency way back. Okay, so the most primal thing you could do is go smooth and slow to get fast because you're smooth, right? So slow is smooth, smooth is fast. And locomotion and fight and flight, two sides of the same coin. Mm. So if you start to learn to move with that grace and that poise where you're sustainable, you're poised and ready to pounce, right? Because you're learning how to control and move the body in that way, that is primal.
3: I I got one more I'm going to give you too, just because it's something I did most of my life. And I think I take it for granted a little bit. And it is actually like violent, but not towards anybody right okay. it's 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 literally hitting a tire with a sledgehammer mm-hmm. i grew up hammering it, things right. and it had a direct purpose hit the nail in it's going to have a perturbation to it it's going to give me a new experience every time i hit i'm going to get a shock to my system it felt very relieved everything was integrated so i could get the job done mm. and it was like popping somebody in the face like it's right. like that that level of getting that out that tool wielding That didn't have to be destructive. Mm. It was constructive, right? I can build upon it. So something like that, that's, again, that's things like having all these little shifts we do with like the pulsers and the club too. They are that event, but I can create that event in a lot of unique ways. So I get exposed to it. So I'm not limited to this hit the tire, right? Hit the wall. Like I'm not limited to that or punch the bag, like all that stuff there. It will let you be primal and put everything you had into it and integrate it perfectly. And it's a little different every time, so. That's and, a great way. To- and the other thing is like what the best way that I describe when
2: I punch, like hit a bag or something, is satisfaction, mm. right? Because I've developed a position or posture where I can go 100% without like fear of damage. And I remember when I first tried to study boxing, I had this amazing coach, amazing martial artist, knows so much stuff, taught me fundamental things. And I remember – I would have to wrap up my wrists every time that I go hit the bag. I'd have to wrap them really tight. Mm-hmm. Cause if I went with full force and, you know, just abandon, I would invariably think yep. and I would hurt myself. And yeah. then it's like two weeks. I can't fucking do it now. Come on. Yeah. And so for me, the satisfaction of just getting like just the cleanest, most powerful punch is just, it, It makes you less aggressive because you're getting satisfaction from the aggressive behavior, and you're not hurting anybody, including
3: yourself. I'll tell you one more thing. You said fear of damage, and I think you were referencing yourself. Oh, yeah. It's interesting. I don't like striking. I absolutely hate it, but I kind of like – I love grappling. I love getting a hold of somebody, and I feel like there's less – I don't want to, and it's, I think, honestly, because I don't want to damage someone. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like if I can get a hold of you, uh, if that's what's happening, maybe I can resolve this situation at least if I happen to be better at it. You know what I mean? Yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but it's like, it's like there, there's, I have control. I'm getting yeah. a feedback that maybe I can control the situation where these are going up. Yeah. Like there's a good chance somebody's getting nicked or cut or hurt or broken. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Myself yeah. or you, and I don't want to hurt somebody. Yeah, that's honestly like you pick up and leave is the guy the idea. You don't want to fight if you're not supposed to fight. So, but if we're going, like I'd rather grapple because. We can hopefully resolve it. We can fatigue each other so we're not going to damage each other type thing. Andrew, take us on out of here. All right. Back some time because we'll go another
1: three hours. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I I know I had other questions, but I'm like, nope, this is a whole other podcast. So thank you everybody for checking out today's episode. Please make sure you guys do us a huge favor and hit that like button. Subscribe if you guys are not subscribed already and follow the podcast at MB Power Project on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter my instagram TikTok, and twitter is at i am andrew z and make sure you guys drop comments down below we gave you tons tons of stuff to talk about so we want to hear you guys sound off in the comment section and then before i forget so it's at uh weck so w-e-c-k method.com some of the stuff that we talked about the soul steps uh what are they called the uh the the, propulsors uh, propulsors that that big old uh RMT Club. That's I want to get that for my son as his like rattle. You know, he's only one year old, so that'd be sick. <laughs> yeah. All that stuff at Wecmethod.com can be yours for twenty percent off. The promo code is W M B E L L two Zero. So W M Bell Twenty at checkout. And so you're gonna save twenty percent off your entire order. So yeah, hit them up, links to them down in the description. As well as the podcast
0: show notes and see them where can people find you and quick question where can coaches like learn about these practices? Do you guys have something online that coaches can learn through or do they what need I would
2: to- say is this the rotational movement training specialist course? Yeah, yeah. So we've gotten a lot better at teaching in this process. And Chris has put together a rotational movement training specialist course, which involves the the ropes, elastic bands, and propulsors, but it teaches you our foundation. And We've – he's done such a great job that the remote learning over the internet, the submissions that the coaches are giving us mm-hmm. are better than when we were doing it in person wow. a couple years ago, right? Mm-hmm. So he has refined it down to we're going to respect your time, right? I don't respect your time because I'm going to tell you 10,000 stories, but he does, <laughs> okay? You know what I mean? Like it, we are a, we're a great compliment to one another Because our skill sets are similar, but the differences complement one another. Mm -hmm. And so I would say that anybody who's in the industry, if you want a a game-changing, life-changing, you're going to set yourself on a whole new trajectory. It's the RMTS, Rotational Movement Specialist Training Course on our – and it's remote. And we do them live as well. We do them remote or live. We do them live, live, but you can do it – you don't don't have to pay a lot of money to to have it in your own home, Mm -hmm. right? Got it. And cool. and I would say that that's – the people who have taken it have said this was, you know, it, it's been a life-changing because what we want to do is we want to come underneath it all.
3: Mm-hmm. I can't recommend the live events enough. I did go to school to become a wedding planner, event planner. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of had that thought process. In I want to, to cater to people when they come. It's an experience. It's not just like an education. I went to a bunch of educations where – I just didn't feel like it was for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I want everything that I do on that day. It's about you and it's about learning and about being catered to because we take care of people and we need to be valued for that. And he's coaches. a forever
2: coach as yeah. am I. So if you come and learn, you always have access. Yeah.
3: yeah, right?
0: Nice. Well, so, cool. I didn't see my ending on Instagram. and YouTube. I am not yin yang on TikTok and Twitter. Chris and David, where can people find you guys? Yep. Uh,
2: yeah. The David Weck on Instagram. <laughs> um, you, <laughs> there'll be plenty of information there. Um, and then weckmethod.com.
3: Yep. And then I'm uh, at underscore Christopher.chamberlain underscore at Instagram. <laughs> yeah. <All right. laughs> that's the That's the name. Right? You <laughs> so cool. I just want to say
2: thank you so much. Appreciate
4: it. Yeah. For having thank us. you guys for your time. Appreciate yeah. it. Thank this, you so much.
2: This was incredible to just to meet you guys and yeah. to embark. I learned a to fuck ton. I'm at
4: Mark Smelly Bell. Strength is never week. This week never strength. Catch you guys later.
2: Boom. Bye.